In 2015, a comic shop fell, a community united, and a podcast was born. You're driving along the road, and you see a squirrel trying to cross the road. And he sees you, but he decides to try to get across the road anyway. Maybe partway through, he looks at you again and decides he's not going to make it. So he turns around and goes back to the sidewalk. But then he decides, maybe I can make it. And he turns around and goes back. And he goes back and forth, back and forth. As you get closer and closer, and next thing you know, you've flattened him. If he had just gone across the road instead of hesitating, he'd be alive. But now he's a flat squirrel. That was 100 episodes ago. And now... Welcome to the 100th episode of My Comic Shop History. I am your host, Anthony Desiato. Joining me to kick things off is my dear friend, alternate reality's legend, Dr. Bill Mayo. I'm so glad to be here, Anthony. Thanks for having me, as always. It's, it's, I can't believe it's been 100 episodes. 100 episodes. It took six years it, because we only do... unbelievable. You know, we only do so many per year, uh, but I've... I've long enjoyed the season model or more recently the event series or mini series model. And, you know, we do yeah. a, a select number of episodes per year on a distinct topic. Uh, so as a result, it's taken six years to get to a hundred episodes, but uh, I'm yeah, really like excited to be novels. here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. You yeah. know, hundred episodes with no filler. I mean, everything you, you produce, it's, it's wonderful content. Well, I, I appreciate that. Hopefully the audience feels the same. And on that note, let me say this, because there will be a number of thanks as we're as we're going through this episode. But, you know, I really want to thank the audience. And, you know, the the first season of this podcast, right, about the fall of, of AR, that's something I probably would have done even if no one listened because I just like I needed to do it. But had it not had the response that it did and if people didn't stick around, you know, moving forward, yeah, I don't know if we would have made it to episode 100. So I really want to thank everyone who has listened and participated in this in any way. I certainly want to thank all of the guests who have been part of the show over the years. Um, but this has been immensely, you know, personally and creatively fulfilling. Uh, I, I've just enjoyed it so much. And yeah, the fact that we're, we're here at 100 really means the world to me. I I don't know that we'll hit 200. Like, I feel like we're closer to like far closer to the end than the beginning, but still it's exciting. You've to said be that here. a couple of times though. So I don't think that's true. I know I was going to bring this up. I'm glad you did. So I've, we've done, like, we've done a few finales over the years. <laughs> You've been part of most of them. I, uh... And I think I've learned my lesson now. Cause you know, at the end of the first season, I had this big wrap up. And then, you know, at the end of season five, again, it was like the end of the AR saga. But and you wanted to take a break then. And that's yes. the thing. But then you had some new content to drive, you know, uh, another season or so. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I, I have learned my lesson. So, you know, right now, of course, we're in the midst of the longer Halloween. Uh, you were my guest mm -hmm. on part one. You'll be back for part 13, the conclusion. When we get to that conclusion in a few months, I, I won't... I won't end it on such a uh, definitive note. It'll <laughs> be a little more open-ended because uh, I keep coming back because I, I do enjoy doing it. So, uh, yeah, I think I've learned my well, lesson. There's a lot that. of stuff to mine, you know. I mean, I think you still haven't uh, hardly scratched the surface, really. I mean, I know we've talked a lot. You've had a lot of people on, but there's still so much more. I was talking to my brother a little uh, before this phone call, and he's like, oh, I would love to be on the podcast. I'm like, oh, I'll ask Anthony. That's probably one side of AR that you don't know yet. You know, I think there's still a lot to be uh, 
discussed if you if you want to keep going that way that's true and don't and don't forget maybe there's a jeff wong uh interview coming up i mean there's been that sighting by brian o'day so yeah that came up in his episode of the longer halloween that uh yeah he's jeff wong works at a at a chinese restaurant i think we're around where brian lives yeah that's what i think he said something like that he'd been there a few times and confirmed i still feel like if and when Jeff ever makes it onto the show, that'll be the end. I feel like that'll, but so maybe it makes, maybe it's good if we don't have him on. Cause then it's just like, we'll just keep going and it'll just yeah. always be out. Cause I feel like once that happens, that's it. I feel like as much as you're true, I mean, you're right. I mean, I haven't had your brother on. There are definitely other people within the AR realm to, to talk to, but I feel like Jeff is like that one, like that one big piece who the hasn't been represented yet on here. And I feel like if we ever get there, then that'll, that'll be it. So we'll just we'll keep, we'll keep them out there. For sure. Yeah. So I, a couple of things I want to ask you, you know, you've been on the show a bunch of times over, you know, numerous seasons and, and miniseries and things like that. Do you happen to have a favorite appearance that you've made on the show? Oh, Anthony. I mean, um, not even to prepare for that. I mean, the, the, the time that me, you, and Steve were in alternate realities, like in the final weekend, had to be the greatest, uh, uh, for me at least. It was emotionally charged, that episode. I've gone back and listened to that episode several times, uh, trying to put myself in that mindset of what it was like uh, during those final days. It was, it, it's definitely the best, for me at least. Uh, I mean, I, every episode I'm on with you is enjoyable, but for sure that was incredible. Yeah, there was there was something very, uh, you know, you, I know you, you've used the phrase lightning in a bottle about, you know, alternate realities, yeah. but yeah, there was really something about that, just that that raw emotion being in the store in those really like final moments. So uh, well, I mean, you know. it was a heartbreaking time. And anybody who's listened to this saga from the from the start until now, um, hopefully they get a sense of that. I mean, the store meant a lot to, to us and, and, you know, coming in from uh, New Mexico to help you know, decommission in a sense, the store or put it in dry dock, whatever you want metaphor you want to use. If we're using like the crab boat metaphor. Um, yeah. I mean, it was painful that whole weekend. And I think it was really fitting that we did it in the store uh, because I think we had trend traditionally going to your, your apartment to do those uh, podcasts back then. And so that might've been one of the first kind of like on, on the scene uh, on location uh, recordings. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's it actually nice that you did it there. So it's actually flipped. So for the first season, they were almost all recorded at alternate realities. The only exception I think was the Brandon episode where I went to his apartment in the city. Okay. Uh, but all, all right, so all my mistake. Them, no, but, but that's an, an interesting point. And yeah, I don't know, people might have a sense of this, but yeah, the entire first season we recorded at the store. And I, I mean, logistically, I think that it made it easy. Everyone knew the store. Everyone knew where to go. We had the space. We yeah. did it after yeah. hours. It was convenient. But, you know, week after week as the store emptied out slowly until you got there, but, you know, as the store emptied out. Um, but just being surrounded by everything, it really lent itself to the conversation. And uh, I'm glad I'm glad we did it that way. Um, in subsequent yeah. seasons, you know, I've gone to other shops. Obviously, I've done episodes there. And then more recently, I've been doing them, well, pre-pandemic I was having people over to my place and now I've been doing them remotely yeah. um, and that works too but yeah for that for that run of episodes in particular I really think being at the shop made a huge difference oh for sure um, is I mean the, I'll never forget that and and like I said I, I go back to that episode often 
that's yeah, no, that, uh, that's great to hear. I think for a lot of people that, uh, you know, that one stands out. Um, yeah, that was our, our big, uh, tearful farewell <laughs> to the, to the shop. You know, getting teary eyed thinking about it. I know, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this question, but is, is there an episode that you were not on that you, that you really wanted to be? Oh, what's the answer to that? The original art episode so. from season two. Oh, you know, I think I have a lot to contribute when it comes to original art. You do. I would love to. I would love to do one with you. Yeah. If well, you ever want to go that direction again. Yeah, I mean, so for the record, you know, again, now I've been doing all these remote recordings, <laughs> but at the time yeah. I was only doing them in person. Uh, so, uh, you know, otherwise I obviously would have had you there. But uh, yeah, no, I'm sure you 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 would. And there, you know, people. That's one of our highest rated episodes. <laughs> is, is, right. Is I remember one. listening to that, and I think Phil was a, a big participant in that episode. Correct. Yeah, it was Phil, uh, had- Tom, and Drew. Right. And so, you know, Drew and I kind of were collecting around the same time. Drew was doing a lot of his, you know, Infinity War type pages. I was doing a lot of the commissions. And I haven't really been active collecting in years. So it was really interesting hearing Phil's perspective of the hobby, you know, that, you know, at the time I was listening to the episode, like the current state of affairs of the hobby. And it was completely different than what I, you know, knew and grew up in. And so it was a fun episode. I would have loved to have been part of it for sure. Uh, I would also have loved to be a part of any Rich Roney slash Drew Cheskin episode. Uh, so if you ever want to have a another uh, person in the room, let me know. Well, thankfully, we did have you on with Rich and Steve for the season five finale. Uh, but yeah, I've not had you on with Drew and I'm sure that, you know, well, so that's another thing we could do an AR for future uh, events. It could be like an AR team up hour sort of thing yeah. where we have different yeah. combinations of people there. There are always ways to keep it going. We could always justify it. You can milk this forever. I'm telling you, 200 episodes, it's going to walk in the park. (laughs) (laughs) Though at the same time, and I think part of the reason why I, you know, I always sort of like to have a finale is, you know, I I, want to be mindful of knowing when to get off the stage. And, you know, I don't want to like bleed this thing dry, you know, and and if, again, I feel like we've, we've covered so much AR wise. And even if there, even if there is stuff that we haven't gotten to, I, I think that's okay. Like if there's a teeny tiny little bit of mystery that, that might still remain, I don't, I'm okay with that. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, I wonder, you know, what like a listener who's like, who's current with the, uh, the podcast listens intently, you know, what they must feel like not being able to visit this magical place that we talk about. I wonder, I don't even know. I mean, I know how I feel about it, <laughs> but you know, we talk about it so much. It's like, it would be great to have it still. Um, yeah. But, you know, as you've discussed during your podcast and even your movie, there are glimpses of alternate realities scattered throughout this country. So, which I think is great. It's true. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I hope that for people who have gotten to, and that's the, you know, that's the thing that's, I think, so special about, I, not just this podcast, but podcasting in general and, and what the form allows is like people have gotten to know our community and our store, even though they they may have never met us in person and even though the store doesn't exist and they may have never been there. Uh, yeah. That's like, that's really cool. No, I, I absolutely. And I don't know if there's any other store out there that's like that. I mean, I think you're the, the one person who's like, you know, pumping the store that doesn't exist anymore. Um, you know, there's no other podcast like it. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Maybe cut that. It's no, that's fine. No, it's, it is, it is really funny, right? Cause we, like you and I are both for anyone who might be watching this on, on YouTube, like you and I are both wearing alternate reality shirts. Like I wear them every day, like almost every day of my life I'm wearing an AR shirt. But, and you, you know, you make them 
And you know, yeah. so, actually, the one that I'm wearing is one of the original run of shirts that Steve made. You know, in t- oh, like 2007. Yeah? But you, yeah, those are rare, rare items. But like, you've made so many variations of the shirt, far more than ever existed yeah. before. I'm wearing the uh, the Batman nice shirt one. Yeah, I think very nice. But it's so funny to me because it's like. And you know, I think uh, it might have been uh, Metalhead who who uh, initially pointed this out, but it's like the store has more <laughs> merchandise and promotion <laughs> yeah. now that it, ever had. <laughs> that it doesn't even exist. <laughs> I know. So but, no, you're 100 percent right. You know, it's funny too because I I had wanted to do a podcast. You know, to be honest probably as far back as when I made the documentary about alternate realities. I remember that summer after making the movie, I was like, the creative juices were flowing and I was like, oh, I would do yeah. a podcast. And I, like, I didn't do it because I guess I didn't know exactly what it would be about and I didn't know if people would listen. And that's not a good reason to not do it. And for anyone out there mm-hmm. who's thinking about doing a podcast, just do it. You never know what'll come of it. And if nothing else, you'll connect with the people you're doing the podcast with. And there's there's something about that and just expressing yourself and putting something out there uh, in and of itself, I think can be worthwhile. Um, but, you know, I, I wanted to do it and, you know, yeah, part of that is a little bit of a regret. I mean, obviously, I'm glad we at least did it when when the store was ending. That was, you know, obvious, that certainly made sense to do it then. But, yeah, I, I do wish that I had been podcasting, you know, about ar from ar you know while the store was still there you know i think that would have been cool oh absolutely might have changed everything anthony don't say that (laughs) i'm not saying that well you maybe you forced me to think of what if i never came into new york that time (laughs) and the store would still be there (laughs) oh man so listen the here's what's here's what's coming on on this episode right i have before you before you get into that i don't mean to be rude it's okay uh as rich roney would say um, I want to unpackage what you just said a second ago about you know talking to people through the podcast, and maybe this feeds into what you're going to say. Um, so, some of the people that you have on the podcast regularly, like like Sean Hendricks, uh, Lord Retail, I, I assume you met them for the first time through the movie or the auspices of the movie, but now through the podcast, you've kind of come to know them in a different sense. I don't know if that's true or not, but you know, how do you feel about that? Like, you know, you've gotten to become very good friends with these guys. Um, and and it's through this format. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, those guys in particular you mentioned, I met them first because of the podcast. Um, okay, and then that grew into the into the movie, and and certainly that you know further solidified the friendships. But yeah, I mean, there are obviously a lot of people connected to alternate realities who have been part of my comic shop history, and there are people I've you know obviously already knew. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, there are a lot of people I've met as a result of doing like as a direct result of doing this people i would not have crossed paths with become friends with otherwise there are plenty of people who have been on the show who you know like nothing more necessarily came of it there are people i've like really never had any exchanges with since but that's okay mm-hmm. that's rare to be honest um and i would say for the most part even if it's more of a you know like a facebook friendship but you know, there's, you know, there's, there's communication and that's great. And then there are the people like, you know, like Jermaine, like Sean, uh, like a number of others who, you know, it's, I mean, we're truly friends. And the fact that that yeah. came about because of this is, is really special. And it's another reason why, again, like I was saying before, you know, it's, it, it, it's, I'm so glad I did this, even if people hadn't listened. Although 
if they hadn't listened, those people in particular, then I wouldn't have met them. But you know what I mean. <laughs> of course. Uh, anyway, sorry for yeah. interrupting you. No, but that's I, that's a great point. And yes, that dove, does dovetail into what I was going to say, which is uh, this episode features, uh, in addition to you, sir, uh, a quartet of special guests uh, you'll be meeting over the next couple of hours. And uh, this episode is not necessarily uh, very alternate reality centric. The reason being we are currently in the midst of our year long, longer Halloween event. So I've been reconnecting with the AR gang over the course of that. And for this episode, I really was thinking about the, the phenomenon you, you just brought up, you know, people who I've, I've really met and become friends with as a direct result of doing this podcast. And that's really what I wanted to, uh, to celebrate over this 100th episode. And the people you're going to hear from, I think, also do represent some of the, I'm going to sound like Rich Roney here, but <laughs> different eras of the, uh, of the podcast, you know, cause they each kind of came in at a different point yeah. And, yeah. and spoke to something a, a little bit different, all obviously within the realm of comic shops, but, uh, but they, you know, each kind of have their own, their own area there. So, so we're talking about friendships and different eras. I mean, I really feel like this is a uh, rich, rich, rich influence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. And I think that's a great lineup, uh, you know, that you have in store for this episode. And, uh, if I could, if I could just speak uh, about two of those guys, so I, I have never met in person uh, Sean or uh, Jermaine. However, I gave phone calls to both of these guys, and this was in the last couple of months. And so I called up Sean, who who runs Fat Moose Comics, and you know I call him up. I said, "Hey, uh, I'm looking for Sean," and the first thing out of his mouth, he's like, "I know that voice. <laughs> I've only heard this voice through the computer." <laughs> And he was so excited to be talking to me. And I was super excited to be talking to him. And I guess through you, through the podcast, we were like instant friends. It was like I was talking to him and Anthony, I swear to God, I had a conversation with them that was probably 40 minutes. And it was like I was talking to an old friend. Uh, it was kind of an, an incredible experience. And he 110% would have been one of the guys on you know a Saturday night at the Alternate Realities dinners. I mean, he's an incredible individual. Um, and I'm looking forward to hanging out with him in person. Uh, he had mentioned also that you're planning on doing like a, um, a Wednesday kind of like diamond unpacking day or maybe a Thursday. I said, count me in. I'll fly across the country for that. So you got to let me know when you guys decide to do it. That will be amazing. Yeah. If we could coordinate, oh man, that would be, I mean, I, I was already looking forward to it, but that would really, uh, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. No, he was a great guy. I, and I also placed a phone call with Jermaine, and it was the same thing. We just had a really good uh, conversation. And again, it was because of you um, that, I mean, all the barriers were just completely torn down. I mean, it was like I was talking to an old friend. Uh, he knew me from the movie. I, you know, obviously, I know him from the movie and the podcast. And, and it was like two friends connecting uh, after a long time, but I had never met either of those guys before in person or even on the phone. So it was a lot of fun. And I appreciate, you know, what you did there. Um, you know, that you didn't even realize, but you've done that. Um, you had allowed us to con connect like that. It no, was like I, a real connection. No, I, I appreciate hearing that. That That is really, really cool. And especially since we don't have the shop that facilitated the the forming of so many friendships, like it's nice that the podcast can achieve what you're describing, yeah. you know? And I never even knew that was possible. Yeah. It's the power of podcasting, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. That's really beautiful. And 
I guess on that note, let's meet our first guest for our 100th episode. My first guest is the owner of Undiscovered Realm in White Plains, New York, Chris Wilcock. Welcome, sir. Hey, what's up? Long time, no see. <laughs> You're not kidding. I, you know, I mean, we've we've texted over the past year plus, but this is the first time since I don't know February, March, 2020, that we've actually spoken. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's been that long. It's crazy. So how's it, it going? Feels like uh, <laughs> a couple months and like ten years all at the same time. Um, yeah, it's going, you know, it's been a, a weird year. Um, we never really stopped moving. So like, I don't know, I feel like I have a different, uh, perspective on everything than a lot of people. Cause like, if anything, things ramped up for us during the pandemic, um, which is crazy. I don't know how it got busier, but it did. And, uh, aside from like a week or two at the beginning there where everything was just shut down, shut down. Um, we've been going nonstop. So, um, yeah, it's been a blur. But like I said, it feels like a, a decade, but you know, a month at the same time. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I do understand. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, all all good, all good, honestly, in, in the most important ways. So yeah. that you know, that's that's the that's the most important thing. Uh, the thing I wanted to ask you because obviously you've been on the show a bunch of times, and for people who have yeah. you know listened to your your earlier appearances, you know, they know how you know, how big conventions are for you, the conventions that yeah. you run and the conventions that you attend as a vendor. And of course, you know, for the most part over the past year plus, you've not had that. So I would imagine listeners would be curious as am I, you know, how have you, yeah. <laughs> how have you managed, you know, over all this time without those conventions? Yeah. So, I mean, that was a weird thing. And, and, you know, speaking of conventions, like we did C2. So we have like a break from like, November to basically like March every year. So it's like four months. There's nothing. Um, and then C2E2 or Ohio are usually the first ones of the year. Um, so we left, we went to C2E2. We were the hundred thousand human beings, like right when all this started breaking and the you know rumor, oh, hey, maybe, you know, there's some in America, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And then we went straight from there to um, Cleveland um, and we did Wizard World. And then we came home and like two days later, literally the, the entire country just stopped and shut down. So it was even more of a, you know, a switch for us. Cause we were like literally in a room with, like I said, a hundred thousand people to, you know, you can't even see your neighbor. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was weird. Um, it was really scary because we didn't know what we were going to do at first. Um, you know, income wise, you know, all the bills are due, but there's no money coming in. Uh, and at that point, like we couldn't even have the store open, you know, it was just, uh, yeah, it was scary times. Uh, and, 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 you know, it seems crazy to think about looking back, but like at that time, I don't know if you remember, but everyone's like, oh, you know, it's going to be done in a couple of weeks. Everything will be back. You know, we figured conventions would start up again around May or June. And we had our show in May and we were still planning on doing it at that point, you know, in March. So, um, you know, it's, it wasn't until like a month later where we were like, eh, maybe this isn't going to happen. So luckily, you know, I saw the writing on the wall early on and we pivoted really hard. I used those two weeks, like I said, where there was just nothing going on. And I, I redid our website. I like super went into SEO and Google and, um, you know, we always had online, obviously, but it was, you know, a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of our sales, 
you know, it was all in person or at conventions and stuff. And I just never had the time to really do what I had to do. So I used, I'm stuck at home. Let me be productive. And that's what we did. And thank God, um, because I um, so, um, yeah, it, it paid off and dividends, like our online exploded and, you know, part of that, because we redid everything, we adjusted all our prices, we got super competitive. Um, and then also everyone was sitting home with nothing to do and they got some free money from the government and, um, you know, and there was luckily for, you know, so many people were struggling, which is sad, but there was a lot of people who, you know, were working the whole time too, and, you know, had more money than normal. So, uh, and I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the collectible market over the last year, but it has been bonkers. I, I, I want to say like every person on this planet took their government check and bought Pokemon cards or uh, pops or action figures, you name it, because everything's just doubled and tripled and quadrupled in price. And so, you know, uh, you know, as crazy as it is to say, we, we came out of the pandemic much better than we went in. And, uh, you know, I thank my luck, my stars for that. But uh, it is what it is, and it paid off. So I'm I'm happy we're still here. We're bigger than ever. We redid the entire store. We you know we changed the game area. We put up more retail. We ordered more products. You know, it, it worked out. Good. No, I'm so glad to hear that. And you know, I've heard similar things from other retailers. You know, the back issue market's really strong. Uh, I've been hearing from shops. They've been getting you know new customers they've never seen before. People from out of town, out of state. You know, I think yeah, that especially yeah. now as people are getting back out there, it's like they want to, you know, they want to see something, you know, new and, and different. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think people are, you know, and I'm sure for every person that's like chomping at the bit to get out there, there's probably 10 that are just still, you know, real weary about things. But the ones that are out there, they're out there, I got to say. And and yeah, uh, I don't know if it's just a byproduct of Google, um, because now we show up on like, if you search for like, you know, I need a toy, it's going to say, hey, this store is, you know, close by and this is what it has. Um, and you know, we've seen a huge influx of new customers. I mean, we had a guy come in yesterday from Buffalo. He was like, Oh, you know, I, uh, I was driving down this way and I, I heard about you guys. And I guess, you know, I was like, thanks, you know, thanks for coming in from like 10 hours away. Um, so it's pretty cool. It's been a lot of that. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, it's been that way across the board for most stores, I think. That's good. No, it's great. To, look, you know, people are always real quick to want to call a time of death on, comic shops and collectible yeah, shops yeah. and you know when all of this went down it was like our oh, shop's going to survive and and i know not all of them did but yeah you know it, it's it's great to hear stuff like this and i saw you know and i've talked about this in other episodes but like just so many instances of shops doing exactly what you just described pivoting and figuring out like okay like what can we do so leaning more into mail order and you know on you know instagram live sales and like all that stuff and yeah. it's it's great to see and i'm happy that it's paid off yeah, for sure. I think, I think, you know, and it, it pains me to see anybody close their doors and there definitely were some that did. And, um, you know, uh, somebody said to me, the pandemic basically accelerated everything by two years, like everything that was going to happen anyway has happened. So, you know, stores that were on the ropes, unfortunately, it really pushed them over the edge. Um, and, you know, stores that might've been growing as long as they played their cards, right. It accelerated that way past where they are. You know, they said e-commerce grew like I don't even know what the actual number is, but like five years ahead of schedule right now or something like that. And everything's scrambling to catch up. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's good and bad. I, you know, again, I'm very sad to see anybody go out of business. But, yeah, of um, course. Hopefully they, they were able to come. And, you know, going back to conventions, I'm really curious to see um, who's there. 
when they happen, not just attendee wise, but just stores like um, how many stores never made it through? How many had to get a different job? I know so many people are working at supermarkets or something because they had to have some money coming in. And, you know, that's a you know, that's a rough job. You know, it's hard work and you know, give everyone all the credit in the world, you know, but a lot of people either sold off all their stock and they don't do it anymore or they realize, you know, when you had a forced break and you were out of the cycle, like, yeah, maybe this isn't for me. And I'm going to do something else or they're online exploded and they don't need to do shows or, you know, you name it. And, and you know, I've, I've seen like even looking at floor plans for upcoming conventions and stuff as things start to get planned and stuff like, oh, yeah, that place went out of business. Oh, yeah, this space opened up. They're not doing shows anymore. This any. So I'm really curious to see, you know, if we get to New York Comic Con and it happens and what's it look like? You know, who's there? Who's left? And how many people I've talked to 50 people that are like, oh, I'm not doing any shows this year. I'll see what happens. And then next year we'll reboot. And I get that too. I'm kind of, as much as I love shows, I'm not looking forward to, I'm a like figuring it all out again. We're kind of rusty. We haven't opened our trailer since last March, you know, which means we have some hidden gems in there, I'm sure. And, um, you know, I'm not looking forward to the traveling and the setup and the breakdown. I, I love doing it. I love seeing everybody. That's going to be really nice. But, um, and you know, being home with my son for the last year has been like a godsend, which was the greatest thing that happened during the pandemic. Cause I was home for everything, every first word and step and, you know, you name it. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot harder leaving now that he can say, Hey daddy, where are you going? than it was when he was just, you know, a ball <laughs> sitting in a crib. So. Listen, I identify with that so much. I mean, the last time you and I podcasted, you know, our cause our sons are just a few months apart and, you know, they were yeah. a lot smaller then and we were comparing notes, you know, in, in that podcast <laughs> yeah. and obviously <laughs> they've gotten a lot bigger, but no, I mean, I'm with you. Like that's been the, you know, the unexpected blessing of this is just having all this time. I mean, like, you know, and, and my wife and I, like, we've just, we've been working from home a hundred percent since this started. So it's like, we're with him every day. Uh, so yeah, to sort of kind of move away from that is, is, is tough. It's going to be a weird, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I'm thankful for it, you know, it, it definitely. And I'm also thankful that they were the age they were because they don't know. Yeah. They have no idea. And they're just starting, to, you know, at least for Jameson, you know, and I'm sure your son's the same thing, just starting to notice things in the world, you know, where, you know, everything's opening back up. So it's going to be a perfect seamless transition barring any catastrophes, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm thankful for that as well. But, you know, he, it couldn't have been a better age. I, I can't imagine people who had like six and seven year olds that all of a sudden didn't go to school, didn't have friends, didn't go outside, you know, losing their mind in their house. So it's gotta be rough. My hats off to those, those parents. I know I've had that same thought as well. It's like, I, same thing. It's like, I'm glad he was the age that, that he was going through this. And, you know, v more recently we started taking him to this outdoor music class that's organized by some families oh, where we cool. live. And it's like, you know, we were a little worried cause it's like, he hasn't been around other kids and we were like, how, you know, what's he going to be like, how, you know, is he going to know? And he took to it. Like he loves it. He's like yelling yeah. and dancing. He follows the music instructor around. Like he goes up to like, he's so oh, into great. it and he loves it. And it, it really put us at ease. Cause it was, there was a little bit of that fear of like, you know, after being inside oh, all this time, a hundred percent. I mean, he, you know, he saw his cousins a little bit. His birthday was in July, uh, last year. So we had a birthday party, but just family, um, you know, but like seeing him adapt, you know, one thing we noticed, like we went during the pandemic, you know, once it calmed down a little bit, we went to our friend's house and um, he had just started walking and their daughter's right around the same age, like within a month or two, uh, I believe. And she hadn't been walking yet and, um, or even trying. And they're like, Oh, I don't know why, blah, blah, blah. She saw him walking and like the next day started walking 
And, you know, and then he would go to his older cousin's house. They would do something. Next day, he starts doing it. And, and that really drove the point home to me of like, wow, what are they missing out on? Because they're not learning all these things, you know, are they going to be, you know, behind on certain things? Or are they not going to figure out? And, um, but yeah, like I said, we, we took him to the bouncy place earlier and, you know, he's just running around up to strangers and, you know, having a ball, you know, like he did it the whole time. And like, he couldn't figure out how to go up a slide last time. And then he saw all the other older kids doing it. Now today he's zooming up and down the slide the whole time. It's really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, no, I love that's, it. yeah, I know. That's awesome. Just jumping back to what you were saying before about, you know, thinking that this was going to end quickly. I mean, I'm on the record, right? Cause I was in the middle of my homecoming mini series of my comic shop history oh, where yeah. alternate realities was going to return as a vendor at undiscovered con in, in 2020. And, you know, we did a couple of episodes and then, you know, again, everything shut down. But like you said, at that time, we, you know, thought it would open back up. So, I mean, there are episodes where I'm like, you know, at the moment, you know, we're hoping that everything will be fine by May, but we'll monitor the situation. (laughs) It's like, my God, we're now past. Everybody was in the same boat. Yeah, but it's so crazy thinking back that we even thought that was going to be possible. But I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's unprecedented, right? (laughs) So I don't know. Yeah, a lot of kinks and a lot of plants. Exactly. Um, so now I don't know if you want to even get into this yet, but so have you thought about, I mean, I'm sure you have thought about it. Is there anything you can share about any potential plans for Undiscovered Con in the future? Yeah, yeah. I mean, people are starting to, we'll get a message every couple of days like, hey, what's going on? Um, yeah, I, I, I haven't. I, I mean, I knew at the beginning of this year, like I was like, there's no way I'm doing, even if this disappears tomorrow, like I'm not running a show. There's just under the best of circumstances, it's you're working on razor thin margins. You're you know, you're dealing with nightmares, uh, you know, like I can't imagine with any uncertainty whatsoever. Also, like, you know, now it seems like everything's gonna be open 100%, blah, blah, blah. But like, if you even had to do like 80% capacity, you're screwed. Like, that that's, you might as well not even do the show, you know, uh, you know, short of taking a loss just to keep the momentum going. It's just, it's not worth it. And it takes so long, like, you know, I can work pretty quick, but you're, you're still need like six months, at least, you know, preferably a year. But like, it's just not doable, you know? And then it's like, what guests are out there? Who's going to do shows now? And this is another big problem. And we're running into this already. All these shows are rescheduling and they're just all falling on top of each other. So it's like, well, I got these three shows that I paid for a year ago. I can't do all three of them. What do I do? You know, and some of them are better than others with letting you roll over. Some are not. Some places, I don't even know if they're coming back. You know, you might've just lost your money. Um, it sucks, you know? And that, that was painful for us too, because like I said, we were two months away from, running our show last year. So like we had a reef, we chose, I, I mean, I could have rolled everyone over I, as like, as a fellow vendor, I, I know what everyone's going through, like 500 bucks back in your pocket right now might, might be like getting 10,000. So it's like, we refunded everybody. I didn't want to deal with rolling it over. I didn't want to deal with the uncertainty. Here's your money back, but it hurt. I mean, like we were, you know, had no income coming in and we had to refund, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. So um, I'm glad I did it. It was the right thing to do. It made life 10 times easier. But, you know, there's shows now that, yeah, and if we were any closer, you know, there's shows that were going to happen a couple weeks later. They they already spent all that money on marketing and, you know, non-refundable costs. So that money's gone. So, like, you know, your hands are kind of tied. Like, you can't, you know, it's not like they're trying to screw people over, but they also can't, you know, make money appear out of thin air. Um, so I, I, I feel like we got so everything worked out as best as it could, you know, um, but yeah. So I guess also our venue is still a vaccine site. So like, right. I, you know, what are they going to do there? Is it going to be like that for the next six months? Is it going to not be, are they going to be back to doing shows? We have no idea. We haven't heard anything. So I can't plan anything. So we'll see what happens. And, 
you know, but I, I kind of need to know in the next month or two, because I got to start working on next year, even, even 10 months away. Right. So, um, yeah. And I had a couple ideas too, about using some other venues. There's a lot of empty space, a lot of places now, a lot of places went out of business. Um, so I want to look into some things, you know, maybe do something else. So we'll see. Cool. Well, we'll report back. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, ex you know, I'll, I'm excited, you know, whatever and whenever, you know, this happens, I'm excited and happy to help however I can and spread the word and, and all that good sure. stuff. Uh, jump, yeah, no, of course. Uh, you know, jumping back to the, this podcast and your history on it. Yeah. I mean, you made your debut here in season two for the, uh, the King of Pops yeah. episode. <laughs> and, you know, you've continued appearing, uh, you know, every season since, and I, I've lost count now of how many you've done. And we did a four part Patreon miniseries. Like we've, we've done a bunch yeah. and I was just curious, do you have a favorite appearance of yours on the show? Yeah, to be honest, they all kind of blur together and not in like a bad way. Like, Oh, I don't care about it. You know, to me, it's like one big conversation, you know? So like, I don't know which is, but I guess the four part, you know, it's always nice to like really be able to dial in on things a little more specifically. Obviously this is going to be like the shortest thing we've ever done. So, you know, kind of just have to broad strokes, but I, I like getting into the nitty gritty of things. Yeah. I love, so I'll when, go with that. When we did that. Yeah. Never stop. Never popping. That was, that was definitely a highlight for me, you know, among our conversations as much as I have enjoyed all of them, but um, that was so cool. Really just kind of getting to peel the layers back and, you know, I guess recognize certain things that you and I have in common that we wouldn't have necessarily known right off the bat, like dealing sure, with that yeah. early shyness and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was really cool. Looking ahead, you know, as you know, and as people who've been following me know, it, it's been quite a content boom, uh, in, in recent months for me, I've been, been doing a lot yeah, of yeah. podcasting. Cool. <laughs> it's been fun. Honestly. I mean, it's, it's kept me busy and it's given me a creative outlet and it's allowed me to have conversations with people where I'm not otherwise seeing them. So, you know, and it's, it's been, a, it's been a fun period of experimentation for me with the podcast and finally delving into video podcasts, which I know is something that you had, you had been an yeah, advocate yeah. of. Uh, yeah, I'm just happy to see it. So, you know, I've been trying out a bunch of different things and, and now certain, certain, some of the shows will kind of be winding down and I'll really be focusing on the Superman show, digging for kryptonite primarily. But, uh, I like the idea of sort of doing, uh, like special event series, just like six or eight episode things on topics that I might be interested in, you know, and I just want to have the conversations. So there's something that, yeah, that's cool. There's something I'll be doing, I think a little bit later this year. And then, you know, next year you and I had talked about this and I think maybe next year will be the time to do it, but I want to do something on power Rangers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and there are a few other people who I would want to get involved, but you, you, you'd be my main guy. And I think that between the, uh, you know, the new, comic book series which has been very well received as well as those old mighty morphin episodes that that we remember so fondly i feel like i, I don't know those are just some conversations i would love to have because when i've gone back and i've rewatched some of those episodes it's like just a fascinating to revisit with adult eyes and i think we would have some fun conversations of course yeah yeah i, I definitely i would love to do that and and, and i think that's something that could be really cool because you know we could get some of them rangers as guests probably pretty easily because i have direct lines with a lot of them so that's right. You sure. Yeah, you do. I know that could really, uh, that could really kick things up a notch. So, uh, yeah. So I think that's yeah. something to, to kind of, maybe people could look forward to that in the future. Uh, the other thing I, I wanted to talk yeah, to you sure. about, I have to confess, right? So you came on the show initially <laughs> to talk about pops and every time you've been on the show since we've talked about pops and I think, I think my pop days have, 
have kind of passed. It happens. It happens. But it's not, I, you know, I, I don't, uh, I have nothing against pops and I think they're awesome and I encourage people to collect them and I encourage them to go to your website and, and, and get them from Undiscovered Realm. Um, I think a couple of things happen and, and I, this, I feel like the 100th episode is an appropriate place to talk about it as we're kind of looking <laughs> back and, you know, since you and I have talked about pop so much, um, I, yeah. I think it's, it's been a function Sorry. of a few it's things. One is... Um, is space like you know we we moved just about a year ago and we have yeah. a lot more space than we did before in that one bedroom I was apartment. Say, yeah, you should have more. <laughs> There's more space, but like we've already put up a lot of a lot of you know artwork and photos and stuff like that in the living room. And as much as in our old place, and you saw this, the pops were on floating shelves in the living room. I don't know that Steph is totally looking to replicate that here. And so the main, yeah, the main, and, and I'm not laying this at her feet, but I, I just, I don't know that that's her vision for the, for the space. So my main area as I'm looking around here is in the home office in Flat Squirrel Studios. And I have a lot of stuff up already. I mean, there's acoustic paneling and there's artwork and there's bookshelves. There's still some rooms I can, I can get a good amount of them up, but I don't know how much the collection can really afford to grow. And especially now that yeah, I, I sort of your, know, your hands are tied, yeah. well, that's the thing. Cause for a long time it was like, well, you know, I don't have the room to display all of them now, but in the future, but now I really have a pretty clear sense of the space I'm going to be working with for the foreseeable future. Yeah. 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 There's no more question mark. Yeah. You know, I, Hey, look, I get it. You know, it happens. So, you know, there's always going to be something. They'll come out with something that you're, you know, you're like, I got to get that. Like what if they make Smallville wave too? If they do Smallville wave too, I'll, I'll, I'll get yeah, that. See, but, there's always something. Yeah. Yeah. But to be honest, I think that's the other thing that I kind of am butting up against is that, you know, in the beginning it was just so cool that it, and you and I have talked about this, right? That for a lot of properties, you know, TV shows and movies in particular, this might be the only collectible that's available for that show. So it was so cool. Happens all the time. Yeah. But now I just feel like they almost everything gets popped. So it's lost a little bit of its of its luster for me. Like when they announce something, it's not so much like, oh, wow, I can't believe there are pops for that. It's just sort of like, oh, OK, like, yeah, of course they're doing pops for that. Yeah, yeah. You expected that. No, I agree 100 percent. It's like, how have they not made these? Shit? What's going on? But I want to. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Um, but again, I don't. It's a, this is not unlike some people have. This is not like a philosophical objection to pops. It's just that for me in my life at the moment, and you know, the last thing too, and again, this is this is not. I'm not blaming Steph, but we. It was something that when we were first getting into it, we were really collecting them together. You know, because like before she and yeah. I ever met, like of course I had collected comics and statues and artwork and, and stuff like that, but I had never gotten any pops until we started getting them together. So it was really something that was ours. And I think as much as she still enjoys them generally, I don't think she's as into them as, as I am. And I don't know that I have enough interest to like generate the momentum for both of us. Sure. Yeah. No, no, I get it. I get it. No, look, like I said, it happens to everybody, you know, and like, or you thin down and you pick up the ones you want, you know, like you're, you're probably in a boat where like half the most, almost all the stuff you have is probably worth like five times what you paid for it at this point. So, you know, you get out or you thin it out, you buy some other collector. That's, it's the life of a collector. You know, it, I've done it a million times. You know, it, it's all the time. So whatever, if there's ever something you do need, you know, you know where to get them. But, uh, yeah, you're, you're you always know, the go-to place. Actually, the, you know, we've like really over the past year, we've like really been hunkered down. And like I said, working from home and all that. But I, I did go yeah. to Undiscovered Realm uh, around Milo's birthday because we got a stitch pop for uh, for his birthday cake. Oh, cool, cool. 
Um, but I think, I think, yeah, I remember you saying that. Uh, I wasn't there though, right? No, you weren't there that day, but I did text yeah. you ahead of time and you confirmed that you had yeah, it. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wanted, so I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to, share, <laughs> to share this with you because I thought you'd, you'd get a kick out of it. Uh, so of course the pops, we've talked about it on the show and it was a discussion point in the documentary, My Comic Shop Country. And uh, mm-hmm. so there are reviews of the film on a site called Letterboxd. And from from time <laughs> from time to time, I will check just to sort of see what the feedback is. Sure. And there was one that <laughs> I wanted to share with you. I'm going to read this word for word. This is oh not these are not my words. Okay. That the person wrote. No, this is they're on your side. They oh, wrote good. Oh, good. They wrote what these bitches got against Funko Pops. Honestly, people could <laughs> <laughs> people could come in looking for them and leave with comics. Like dudes, do whatever it takes to get foot traffic and stop being snobs. It's true. I mean, it's the ultimate like Trojan horse, you know, we get all sorts of people in and then they start buying all sorts of different things, you know? So I, I, he's, he's a hundred percent right. I get it. You know, there's always the purists, you know, it's like, uh, every store has got their rules. You know, I hate star Trek. I, uh, I, I, I will, I almost never carry star Trek, you know, there's no reason it's money. People come in and buy it. They're fanatical collectors. I just, uh, you know, we get, we have our rules. And we go buy them. So, yeah. but he's right. You know, they're losing out for sure. <laughs> but I just wanted to share that's that. That's pretty I mean, funny. I mean, you essentially I made like that. I mean, you basically made the same point in the movie. You you made it in a more diplomatic way, but that was the gist of it, right? Is that people could come in looking for that and leave with something else, and you you know you can uh, you know it's like why why limit yourself? You yeah. Know? If if you yeah, if there yeah. is a, if you, there is a market for it, exactly. And the general public, that's what they're looking for. They're not necessarily looking for comics or whatever else, you know. So. You got to get them in however you can, especially in that industry. You should be happy. You know, every dollar is like makes all the difference in the world. But hey, whatever. More for us. Yes. Uh, Well, listen, I appreciate uh, I appreciate having you as part of this 100th episode celebration. I'm glad I'm glad to catch up with you a little bit. It's yeah, for sure. It's funny because I know I've said this before, but like people have heard. Uh, if you take away our text conversations, people have heard the vast majority of the conversations we've had. It's like, usually when we're talking, it's doing something like this. I want, do you think one yeah, day, yeah. do you think one day, like you will just hang out? I don't like <laughs> that ever happened. Yeah. I mean, you know, truth be told, and this happens all the time. Like I have, I have friends that I've had for 20, 30 years. Right. And like, I just, I almost never see anybody unless I'm working. Like I'm working so fucking much, like, sorry for cursing, but uh, I, uh, I'm working all the time. So it's like, I'm, I'm lucky that I get to work around a lot of my friends, um, which, you know, keeps me from going crazy, I guess. But like, um, yeah, it's, it's rare that I see anybody else. You know, I, I went to my friend Lou's house. We've been business partners for, I don't know, 13, 14 years. We, I've known him for, you know, 20 probably at this point. And I went to his house for the first time last week and he's had it for like six years or something. It's like, it's just, it, it is what it is, you know? So, but yeah, I, I, I would be happy to hang out. You, know, <laughs> if you ever have something going on, you let me know. Yeah. Maybe like, uh, I was thinking about that too. This, this summer is coming up, like, you know, Jameson's birthday and stuff like that. And, you know, they should probably meet. They're the same age. <laughs> they probably get along pretty well. So, so yeah, once, uh, you're comfortable being out of the house again, you let me know. <laughs> I have a different set of, I've been out of the house since the second week of the pandemic. So I, this is nothing to me anymore. I'm so used to it. Yeah, so. no, no, I, I get that totally. But, yeah. but, uh, but no, that sounds like a plan. So I hope everyone will check out, uh, Undiscovered Realm and Addicted to Ink, your tattoo shop as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, we didn't get into that. That was a fun six months we moved. So, um, yeah, it's been a crazy time. Let's just, well, we got stuff to talk about next time. That's fine. But yeah, undiscoveredrealm.com. Uh, please check it out. We have the cheapest prices around. Literally, we're not allowed to sell them any cheaper than we do. So um, you can't beat it. And we just started doing free shipping on $75 and off. So like uh, we have everything. Stop on by. We appreciate it. Very nice. Well, I look forward right. to- Good to see you. Yeah, yeah, you too. And I look forward to uh, future podcast discussions. So thank you, Chris. And yeah, now- You know where to find me. <laughs> yes. Time to meet our next guest. It is now time to bow before Lord Retail, a.k.a. Jermaine Exum, the manager of Acme Comics in Greensboro, North Carolina. Welcome, my friend. Hello, it's just me. Uh, good to talk to you again. Uh, I'm in that zone again where I hear you on the podcast so much that I'm not used to, okay, we're actually talking right now. This is a real active uh, live conversation and not me just listening to you. So if it takes me a moment to respond, it's because I've forgotten that this is a live conversation. <laughs> Fair enough. I, you know, in advance of this, I was reflecting on our, our in-person and virtual interactions. And, you know, one of the things that always stands out to me, and it's such a fond memory, it's the closest that I think I'll ever get to like a, a rock star moment but the first time that I visited you in person at Acme, there were, I would say, maybe close to a handful over the couple of days that I was there, a couple, like a handful of people, your customers, who recognized my voice from the podcast. And that was, that was the coolest thing. I was so excited. I mean, honestly, just to know that there were other people out there and people with no connection to alternate realities who were, uh, who were following this podcast and were invested in the saga of, of AR, that in and of itself was really, really cool. Uh, but then to just sort of be recognized like that uh, was, was so much fun. I still remember that very fondly. You belong to the world now. You belong to the world. Your voice is, it rings out in more places than you'll ever realize. It's, it's funny you say that because I have thought about the fact that, you know, I, and you know, you're a fellow podcaster, you do Acme cast the, you know, the podcast for, for Acme comics and, you know, so I'm sure you follow download stats and all that stuff. And so it's like, you know, I have a decent sense of how many people are at least downloading the podcast. You don't, you never know exactly how many of them are actually actively listening, but I have a sense of how many people have downloaded over the years. And while I've heard from a lot of people over the past six years, there are far, far more I've never heard a word from, you know, on social media or anything like that. And so it's like, yeah, I mean, like there's so many people out there who, you know, just, you know, listen, and it might be what, to whatever extent it's a part of their routine. I'll never, I might never hear anything from them or have any interaction, but it's, it's a part of, uh, you know, of their thing. And I, it, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You never quite know in many ways what the feedback is. You know, sometimes if a thing goes super well, you don't hear anything, you know, and that doesn't mean there's anything wrong. It just means that in today's world, like if something's off, then you're going to hear about it. But if something's going pretty well, you may not hear about it. That's probably true. That just like, uh, you know, to your point that day, I remember the season four premiere of my comic shop history, you know, the episode went live at midnight. And then I remember at around eight or 9am the next morning I was at work and I got a text from you 
And you said, hey, just so you know, there's a commercial that plays twice <laughs> during your episode. And the second time is over the conversation. And I was like, oh, God. It, you know, thankfully, it, it took until that far into the podcast for me to make a mistake like that. And I ran home. That's the beauty of working so close to where I live. I ran home <laughs> and I quickly edited and re-uploaded. Uh, but I forever remain grateful for you for listening as early as you did and giving me the heads up. Yeah, I, I would like to think that, you know, if there's somebody out there that if I, you know, made some some type of misstep, they'd let me know as quickly as possible so I could correct it like it never happened. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, the only people who, who you know, if you downloaded it right away, as you did, then you, you do have that error variant of the of the show. But otherwise, anyone who downloaded after, you know, that 9 a.m. mark, uh, they'll they'll never know. Speaking of hearing feedback. Did, did Brian Michael Bendis ever watch My Comic Shop Country, which he makes a voice cameo in? Have you, did you ever hear anything? I don't know. Um, I will ask him next time I talk to him. Um, but I don't know. I don't know which comic creators may have seen it. I don't know which customers may have seen it. It does seem, you know, just to put everybody on blast out there, it does seem like more people that actually know me and see me on a weekly basis have not seen it then people will get strangers in from other states from other states will come in like wow i saw you on the thing and now you're like right here in the room it's it's amazing but it's also like the more people that see me uh, in the store on a regular basis maybe they didn't check out the thing maybe they don't know we've had a website since 1997 i don't know yeah, that's it's that's always a very tough nut to crack. And, you know, when I mentioned Bendis, that that wasn't even to put him on blast or anything like that. And I will say, you know, to his credit, I mean, I, I can only imagine how many messages this this guy must get in a given day. And I reached out to him when the movie came out because uh, I, you know, through you had gotten a screener to him. And but I also did my own outreach when it came out. And to his credit, I mean, he wrote right back to me. This was, I think, over Instagram. Like he wrote right back to me. He was so nice. Um, it was really cool just to have an interaction with him. And I told him how much, you know, I've enjoyed his work over the years. And uh, I think I sort of, what I said to him was, you know, you've, your comics have brought me such enjoyment and entertainment that I, I hope you get a chance to watch the movie. And if it can entertain you for, you know, 85 minutes, you know, that would really be an honor as someone who's read, you know, his comics, you know, so much over the years. So I hope, you know, if he has or, or you know, if, if and when he does that, that he enjoys it. Well, I made a uh, I made a social media post this, this evening saying that we'd be recording with you and reminding people there's an Acme Comics podcast and there's a documentary, and he did like that post. So that's cool. You know, without without Brian Michael Bendis, there is no Lord Retail. That's right. That's right. So it was that's, on his message board that you originally came up with uh, the first time you you really used that name. Yeah, yeah, and his message board allowed me greater contact with publishers and, and getting into contact with uh, creators like Jonathan Hickman super early in their careers. Like it, it really opened a lot of doorways for me. So without that, you have something, but you do not have Lord retail. Part of the Lord retail origin story. It's uh no, it's really cool. And going back to your point though, about, you know, not knowing, you know, exactly which creators and, you know, might've seen the documentary. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to me. I, and I don't want this to come off as sour grapes at all. Like I'm so, I, I honestly, I'm so grateful for everyone who has watched and who has talked about it on social media. I mean, I think that word of mouth goes so far. And I think 
uh, it really has helped a lot, you know, in, in terms of, you know, just raising the awareness. So I'm immensely grateful to everyone who has watched and, uh, and everyone who's, who's posted about it. And I certainly don't feel like I'm, I'm owed anything. That being said, and I, I, I want to get your perspective as a retailer, I guess it, it would have been cool if more shops, even especially ones not in the movie, had really gotten behind it because even if their individual store is not spotlighted, it's still a celebration of their of their industry. And there have been some shops. Again, I'm not. I don't want to paint with a broad stroke here. But uh, but yeah, I guess there. If there was anything, I maybe was hoping for a little bit more of. It's you know whether it's from the creative side or other retailers, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more momentum from the perspective of this is our industry that's being celebrated here. Does that make sense? Well, if I may speak frankly, which is why you talk to me, I guess. Um, comic book stores can be weird places sometimes. And sometimes reactions and support and momentum, as you say, is not a quick thing. Sometimes, you know, what do they say? Like a battleship doesn't turn on a dime, but neither does a really tiny comic book store. They don't turn on a dime either. They really don't. But your movie is out there forever. Movies out there forever. So, you know, uh, I'd be curious how many stores are hearing from people like, oh, there's a comic shop documentary. Have you seen it? That could be happening as well. So I don't know. I would I would hope for more unity and conversation and connectivity between comic book stores. And there's a little bit of that that goes on. There's a little bit of that that goes on, but it should be an awful lot more. Yeah, and again, like you said, I mean, there might be there might be stuff that's going on that I'm just not aware of. So you know, again, I, I don't want to I don't want to generalize, but it, it's funny too. I, I do think about if alternate realities, my old shop, were still around, and if there were a documentary out there about stores that you know we weren't a part of, I don't see Steve Odo <laughs> necessarily <laughs> like beating that drum and getting out there and telling people about it. I, I would be very surprised. So yeah, I think that does sort of speak to, you know, a, a little bit of maybe some of that, that resistance or however you want to characterize it that you, you do sometimes get from shops. And, you know, some, I ride that line of being humble where, you know, it's, it's super selective when I'm being humble, of course, but you know, I don't always, mentioned that I'm in a Spider-Man comic. I don't always like lead with that, even though this is the comic shop is the appropriate place for me to say something like that. Cause it's, it's a cool thing, but I don't always lead with like, Oh, we're also in a documentary when I'm mentioning, you know, the stores on Twitter or, or Instagram places like that. I don't always mention that I could do a little more with that. And I mentioned it to a person today. Now it was, a part of a guilt trip combo. It was part of that, yes. But I did mention it to a longtime customer, and uh, he said that, oh, he didn't know about that. So he said he'd watch it today. <laughs> That's the other thing that always makes me laugh because it's like, I feel as if I'm, you know, relentless in my spreading the word on these things. And that yet, you know, you run into so many people like, oh, I had no idea that existed. So it, it, it does make me laugh. I wanted to ask you, though, because I know you know, you've listened to episodes that I've done with other retailers. And of course you've seen the movie where that features many retailers. And I was curious, I guess a couple of things first, are there retailers you've connected with specifically as a result of, uh, your mutual participation in the podcast and or the documentary? Um, a lot of those stores I already knew of, 
uh, the comic shop in Delaware. I can't remember exactly how I know Sarah and Titus. I don't know if, uh, I want to say some of their, just had a customer of theirs in the store today from Delaware um, who remembered me by name. Um, I can't remember if they personally were passing through the area or some friends of theirs were passing through and, and that's how I came to know them. Challengers in Chicago, I'd been there personally, but I don't remember if I knew of Challengers or if I just picked a store to go to or if I was trying to go to as many stores as possible, but I already knew them. Um, I'm trying to think uh, if there's anybody else. Um, Ralph from, from Las Vegas, I had seen him at retailer meetings all the time. And he always seemed to be one of these like, you know, uh, legendary old guard retailers. So I never really talked to him very much. I'm like, well, what am I gonna say to him? He clearly knows everything. He's, he's a veteran comic shop guy. But he's super nice. And, you know, now uh, we chat from time to time as opposed to me being too nervous to uh, to talk to him. Cool. Well, I'm glad that you've, you've been able to cultivate that relationship. The, the other thing that I was curious to ask you, so again, through the episodes and through the movie, you know, we talked about a whole host of topics uh, pertaining to running a comic shop. And I was wondering, is there anything you've heard another retailer talk about doing that you've tried or wanted to try as a result of hearing them talk about it? There's always something. Um, there's always something that you hear about, something I used to like to do years ago. I haven't really been able to do road trips in a long time. I've very much been landlocked here, um, not just in recent times, but something I used to love to do is to travel to a different area, you know, be it Chicago or, or somewhere closer by, and just kind of see what's going on in comic shops. I think that's important as a retailer that you've got to get out there and see what's going on in comic book stores. And that's not saying, oh, I want to, to surveil and like poach ideas. That's not what it is. But if it's a place that you're comfortable with, you know, you do want to introduce yourself and uh, kind of talk about, oh, I love the way you're displaying this item. This had never occurred to me. You mind if I, if I try this back home, you know, you want to be up, up front and forward about that type of thing, but it's, I think it's an important thing to do if you're able to. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm sure that's immensely helpful to, again, just to have that opportunity to see, you know, actually like be in the shop and, and really get a, a good sense for that. Uh, you know, I've, of course, we're celebrating a hundred episodes of, of my comic shop history. I know I've thanked you for this before, and I believe I did it on an episode, but it's worth repeating. I want to thank you for having me on AcmeCast uh, after season one of my comic shop history. And, you know, that was the first time you and I spoke, you know, we had exchanged some messages, but it was during that conversation that you asked me, would I be interested in effectively doing what I did with alternate realities with other shops? And, you know, the thought had certainly crossed my mind, but it wasn't something that I, I don't know that I even felt qualified for or interested enough in, because I, you know, all my, everything that I had done on the documentary and podcast front was so, so, you know, married to my shop. And so the idea of doing that with others was, I, it was initially was something that I really had to kind of wrap my head around, but your the fact that it was something you were interested in and you were excited for me to potentially do, you know, was definitely one of the factors that really got got the wheels turning and and set things in motion for what would ultimately become the future of the podcast and the documentary. So I really want to thank you again for for that uh, that podcast conversation. That was actually pretty formative. 
you're quite welcome. And for anyone who knows me well, then you know that I do not remember that conversation at all. But I have been told that uh, from time to time, I will offhandedly say something important, like, hey, you should do this thing. You know, the, you should slice the bread before you sell it to the customer. Maybe they'd like it already sliced. Just some offhand comment that ends up being a thing. So it's not that it doesn't mean anything to me, but sometimes a thought will pop into my head. I'll articulate the thought to the person and I'll just be on my way. But maybe they hold on, they held on to that thing and they did something with that thing. And that's, uh, that's definitely important. That's a cool thing where, uh, if you're able to do a thing, I think you should do a thing. And I thought that you were able to do what you did with your store. There was something that if you took that to other places, talked to other places, showed other places, peel, you know, peel back that layer, I thought you were the person that'd be able to do it. And you did. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, even before that podcast appearance, when I was on your show, it was this really interesting phenomenon where on Apple podcasts, you know, people of course can leave reviews of shows. And I started to see a few on mine that were from people in Greensboro, North Carolina, and because they, and they specifically mentioned like, oh, this, you know, the, the talk about the community reminds me of my store, Acme Comics. And like, there were a couple of those and I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. And then later I was able to put the pieces together and I have to give a shout out to a mutual friend of ours, Greg Shegel, because if I'm not mistaken, and I know you probably don't remember, but I think it was Greg who, uh, who turned you onto the show. Is that correct? Do you remember? That sounds great. Um, cause like there's so many podcasts out there. So somebody must have introduced this to me. Um, that sounds right. Yeah. That so, sounds right. so Greg Shegel, you know, cartoonist and fellow podcaster, uh, he and I met because I interviewed him for a documentary I did about a puppeteer who was a mutual friend of ours. That's how he and I met. And when I was first thinking about doing a podcast, he was so gracious. He sent me the most helpful email that uh, <laughs> like broke down what a podcast entails, what types of equipment I even, I, I mean, I was at the very, very beginning of all of this. And he sent me this guide that proved really, really helpful. And, uh, you know, he's really become a great friend and he's been on the show and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I believe it, he, he turned you on to the show, onto this one. And, uh, you know, it's funny, you think about all the little pieces. Had that not happened, you know, you and I might not have connected. And, and you know, if we didn't have that conversation on your show, maybe I would have eventually found my way to comic shops across the country. But I don't know, maybe I would have gone in a different direction. You never know. So uh, we <laughs> got to give a nice shout out to Greg for, for his role in all of this. Yeah, I live a very serendipitous life where sometimes little things will happen that will turn, you know, butterfly flaps its wings over here. And, you know, sometimes I wonder to myself, had I chosen a different comic book off the spinner rack besides Transformers number one, are you and I speaking right now or did we ever meet? Yeah. So, yeah, little things um, make a difference. Little things make a difference. For sure. And then, you know, again, you know, seeing those reviews from customers of yours and then when you and I actually connected and, and spoke and, and did that episode, it was, uh, I don't, you know, the idea that people at another shop were interested in what we were talking about with respect to alternate realities and the fact that a retailer of your caliber, you know, was, was so engaged with it, you know, again, that definitely made me think like, okay, there's something to this um, beyond 
you know, just the microcosm of our store. So uh, again, a, a really key, a key step in this journey here. Uh, so again, I, I remain very grateful uh, to you and to the Acme community uh, for their their role in all of this. How are things at Acme? Because the last time you and I spoke was for my uh, Rejected by New York Comic Con podcast special back in October 2020. Uh, so how, I mean, I know this is a big question, but generally speaking, how have things been at the shop uh, in this early part of uh, 2021? Um, things are going very well at the shop. You know, the, the way, the way that I am, the way that I'm wired, I'm always like, okay, got to watch this carefully. Got to watch this closely in case something changes. Got to really keep an eye on this and let's not just assume because things are going well now then they will just arbitrarily always go well. We have to really look at what's happening, determine why it's happening and figure out if we can duplicate the success. So, um, back issue comics are doing very, very well. Um, Vintage comics are doing very, very well. They're doing so well that as I look up onto uh, our back wall where you keep your you know, more expensive uh, vintage comics, I'm counting there are seven books up there, nothing over $75. Everything else is gone. Everything else is gone. There's a couple of signed books up there just to sort of fill out the shelf. But things are, things are selling, which is good, success but some of these things we can't do a second time. And that worries me a little bit. You know, if we just sold this $700 transformer, I can't do that again. We don't have it. There's no access to it. If we sell, you know, the, the $300 uh, prototype Sergeant rock character from our RB at war, we can't do that a second time. Um, so that concerns me just a little bit. New releases are doing very well. Graphic novels are doing very, very well. Um, there's strong community support just today. Again, customer from Delaware. We had people in from West Virginia that, that love the store, left with several statues. Um, things are going well, and I think that we are representing the material well. That it's not just entirely, oh, if you have stuff, we'll get stuff. I think that we are still presenting what we have in a attractive way, and we are being good of representatives of the comic industry as far as, oh, you might like this graphic novel or take a look at this item over here. Let me tell you a little bit about it. Then, you know, I'll let you make determination about it. So things are going well. I just want to make sure that they continue to go well here. I hear you. I'm glad that things are going well. And, you know, as far as, again, those, those recommendations and those personal connections, I mean, I've seen you in action and you certainly shine uh, out there on the floor when when you're doing just that. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear you continue to have the opportunity to do that. I was curious, you know, over the pandemic, I know there are things, I know you really ramped up the mail order. I know you guys started doing, you know, Instagram or Facebook live sales, things like that. I was just wondering, is there anything that you started doing during the pandemic or something that you leaned into more during the pandemic that really paid off where you're like, oh, we should, we always need to do this moving forward, even once we're out of the pandemic? Um, I enjoyed doing the live sales to a degree. Um, sometimes I was talking so much to prevent dead air that I could literally taste blood, which is not what you want. <laughs> but, uh, it was fun because Ray wanted to capture, you know, not just like, here's a book. It's this price. Next thing. I wanted to capture that QVC element. If you at any point watch QVC where they would talk about the item, what's cool about it? What, what do you know about it? 
why would you, why do you want this thing? Those were fun, but we ran out of items that were significant or cool enough, in my opinion, to do a live sale. We ran out of stuff that was worthy of that. And um, I would love to do it again, but if I'm going to do it, it needs to be cool stuff by my standards. You know, I'm sure there's plenty of cool stuff in here, but by my standards, we had some really cool items. Like somebody got a uh, first appearance of Master of Kung Fu, you know, at, at a stellar price uh, compared to what it goes for right now. Um, yeah, there's a, we're always looking for different things to, uh, to try or revisit, but again, it's duplicating that success. I, sometimes I, we can't do it a second time because we don't have that same item. We'll have a different item. Um, eBay is going very well for us. Um, Austin runs the whole eBay department. He does a fantastic job there. Greensboro was chosen as part of the eBay uh, retail revival program, which is fantastic. The uh, mayor of Greensboro, when she was setting up the meetings, had presence of mind to suggest that we be a part of it. We go to this meeting, see what it's all about. And that tremendous support, full support from eBay, even though that program is now over, has led to very strong success as far as people looking at uh, what we have to offer. Limited edition variants, cool items that if they were on the floor here, not sure if anybody would really be interested. But out in the world, there is always someone interested in said items. Now, we do a lot of... Uh, even though local pickup is an option, we don't deal with a lot of local people. So we're trying to, in a lot of ways, we're trying to go back to basics, remind people we have a website, remind people that we have items on eBay. You know, sometimes you do have to go back to the very basic stuff and make sure that everybody knows certain fundamentals about what's possible. Very true. And so I guess I would take this opportunity, anyone listening or watching, uh, please make sure that you check out Acme Comics on their website and social media and eBay, right? Or the, what's the best place for people to go? Is it the website as a starting point? Yeah, if you go to acmecomics.com, there's, of course, uh, uh, links to everything. Um, we have exclusive products. We have a, a, a T-Fury link where you're going to see something new and cool shortly as far as if you keep up with Acme Comics stuff. Um, that's the best portal. It's updated weekly. It's been updated weekly since... I'd say 1998. It's been updated weekly. You know, I, I knew that we had a early website presence. You know how lucky we were to get atmecomics.com to get that. Um, but I just realized the other day how long we've had a website and how frequently it's been updated. That's kind of a thing. It's kind of a thing. Yeah, I mean, I, it's true. I mean, I think it is very common to see websites just kind of go stagnant or dormant. So the fact that you've kept it going, I think is really cool. Hopefully people will make use of it. Listen, thank you very much uh, again for all of your support and participation and for being here for the 100th episode of My Comic Shop History. I look forward to future episodes. You know, so now you've been on uh, the original two-parter we did when I first visited North Carolina, our Rejected by New York Comic Con special, this episode, the documentary. So that's a good handful of times now we've done this. What What's your comfort level with, with what you and I do at this point after all of these? And I, I mean, some of them have been more like true interviews. Others like this are more of just a conversation. But what, what is your comfort level now after these various uh, you know, interviews that we've done? Well, you know, it's not easy for me to talk about myself. 
it just isn't even when sometimes it, it's appropriate for me to talk about myself in the store and I struggle with if I don't talk about these things, who will? Um, so in that way, it's still difficult for me, but fortunately you're a friend. I know you. So it's like, I'm just talking to you and I'm not talking to the whole world. But, uh, that being said, maybe you could curate a best of Lord retail, like special, uh, you know, link tree with, uh, our interactions. We could I'm mostly not entirely. We'll, we'll talk about it after the show. <laughs> we could do something like that. And I have a feeling that uh, people will be hearing you on the show again, perhaps next year. Uh, I think there's some stuff that uh, might might be great fodder for us to discuss. And I'm always happy to talk to you. And, you know, I don't I don't know, you know, the next time I'll get down to North Carolina or when you might come up to the New York area. Uh, but, uh, you know, hopefully I'll get to see you in person again in the somewhat near future. Uh, but if not, at least we can do it this way and uh, stay connected. That would be wonderful. Um, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And we have so much more to talk about. We have so much more to talk about that you're going to be like, why didn't you tell me any of this, this, this years ago? Um, but yeah, <laughs> please, <laughs> please give everybody my best. Literally everyone in your home and, uh, and beyond. Give everyone my best. Likewise, please uh, say hi to everyone at the shop for me. Uh, thank you again for being part of this. And let's see who we have coming up next. Joining us next is the owner of Fat Moose Comics in Whippany, New Jersey, Sean Hendricks. Welcome, pal. Hey, man. How's it going? Happy uh, 100th podcast, is it? That's right. 100, 100 episodes of My Comic Shop History. Uh, thank you for being part of this celebratory installment. And thank you for being part of the show. You joined us in season three. That was your first appearance. And you've continued to make appearances uh, since then. I'm curious... You know, again, you've been on the show a bunch of times. We've talked about a number of, of topics. Uh, do you have a favorite appearance of yours? Wow. All right. So we're not talking about the the video pods we've been doing. We're talking about just the actual My Comic Shop History audio podcast. Yeah. And for anyone who has not been following, uh, you and I have been doing a YouTube series called Comic Shop Team Up. We've done 11 episodes. The 12th episode, the finale, uh, drops uh, next Monday. Uh, so anyone who hasn't checked that out, go to the Anthony Desiato YouTube channel. They've been a lot of fun. They've been, you know, 15 to 30 minute uh, shots where we're just talking about life in and out of the comic shop. It's really been a lot of fun. Uh, but yes, I am referring to your My Comic Shop History appearances. If there's anything that um, stands out. Well, you never forget your first time. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the first podcast where you came here to Fat Moose and Matt owned the store. And you and me and Matt sat down in the main part of the store after hours, set up the little table. You set up your recording equipment. I was excited because I had listened to season one and two. I was, you know, as you remember, I was very familiar with what you had discussed and the people you had talked to. Matt, on the other hand, had he was like, the hell's a podcast? Why do I care? I'm like, dude, just just come with me. We're doing this. You know, uh, he was always a bit of a troglodyte. He didn't like to embrace a lot of technology. And he just was like, well, what's this going to do for me? I'm like, dude, just come on. But that first podcast, I remember it was springtime, perhaps. Yeah. 
And the store gets very muggy very quickly, but we had to turn off all of the air conditioning and the fans so as not to have background noise. And as the podcast progressed, we got progressively stickier and sweatier. And just that's a good one that it wasn't a video podcast because as we're, we're talking, we're all like, yeah, so anyway, uh, <laughs> that one was a lot of fun. I enjoyed our ZapCon appearances, even though the audio got pretty <laughs> terrible. Yeah, the audio right? on those was yeah. rough. You and I made a couple of appearances at Zap Comics' own convention that they run. Uh, we did it two years in a row. Each time we did a, a live book club discussion, and I recorded it. You know, the intention was to plug into their sound system and record a relatively clean audio file. And, you know, I brought my recorder and various cords, and I, to this day I couldn't tell you what the issue was, but <laughs> it wasn't to be. So all I ended up doing was just placing the recorder on the table in front of us. And, you know, there's a lot of background noise because there's a comic convention happening. And so, yeah, yeah. The, the sound quality was quite poor, but, you know, it was, it was still fun. Well, the, the first one where we discussed um, uh, Batman. Uh, White Knight. White Knight. Yes, that one was a bad because we were in like a little side room. Yeah. But the year after where we discussed uh, Tom King's stuff on Mr. Miracle and The Vision we were just like smack dab in the middle of this gymnasium or whatever and just the echo and everything. It, it, but they were still a lot of fun discussion wise. And that I was technically a guest. I was working at Fat Moose at the time, but I was a, a featured guest at ZapCon. So I got the like VIP badge. I can like go into the back room and grab a donut and whatever. And I remember I would both years I got a lanyard. So I'd bring them in here to Fat Moose and tease Matt like, oh, look at this. I'm, I'm playing for both teams. I'm, I'm, I'm a good friend of Zap. You know, if you, Matt, if you ever, you know, get on my bad side, I'm just going to go work at Zap. Now I own this damn place. So yeah, that's probably not going to happen. You know, it's funny you say that. I didn't put this together, but, you know, you took over as owner of Fat Moose Comics uh, at the beginning of 2020. Yeah. At the time, Zap was planning that year's uh, edition of their convention. It ended up getting canceled mm -hmm. because of the pandemic, but they were moving forward, you know, uh, you know, early in, in 2020. And you and I, and this is not a knock on them, but it's a fact. You and I were not invited back uh, to do a panel at that one. And, you know, I never thought about this before, but I now I can't help but wonder if it's because, what's the difference? You were, you were an employee of Fat Moose, now you're an owner. I hadn't yeah. thought about that before. I could almost guarantee that that was the difference. Yeah. Um, when I took over the store, Ben from Zap, he called me. Like, I didn't even realize we had each other's personal cell phone numbers, but he called me. He's like, oh my God, I heard you're taking over. That's so great. I can't think of anybody better. And I'm, I wish you all the luck. And I said, but do you? He goes, what do you mean? I was like, I'm not screwing around, Ben. Because, you know, under Matt's rule, you know, the place did fine, but it, we weren't ambitious. He was fine just keeping it kind of where it was. I've got plans. Uh, obviously, they were kind of, you know, screwed with the COVID thing. But I said, Ben, do, are you sure you want me to do well? Because I'm planning on doing really well. I got a lot. I said, you know the collection I'm sitting on. That's all going to be here. He's like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, you're going to be a problem, aren't you? I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a big problem. Now, it hasn't happened yet because of obvious reasons with COVID and everything else. But um, but he's still we've still spoken since then. And, you know, I'll call and ask him a question or he'll call me and 
we were discussing um, a speculator guy who got banned from Zap. He saw that I posted about this guy in my store and he wrote to me, he's like, dude, that guy's bad news. Just get, make you ban him. And I said, I will, if and when it becomes necessary. And I still haven't, but I warned the guy. I was like, I talked to Ben about you. And he's like, what'd he say? Don't worry what he said, you know, but yeah, that, that's the thing. I think it was, and it's nothing against them. I, it makes sense for them to be like, we should not have the owner of Fat Moose Comics here. Like the, the both years that I did the thing with you, I talked to Ben and he's like, ah, I'm looking forward to having you there. He goes, just do me a favor. Don't bring any Fat Moose flyers or coupons or anything. I would never do that. But I think when I became owner, not, there's no ill will or anything of that nature. I still love Ben and Corey. I just think there was a shifting of interactions where it's like, oh, this guy technically now is the competition. So we should keep maybe at an arm's length. But we're still very friendly. And I still recommend that sort of people. If I don't have something, I go, go ahead, do me a favor. Go check out Zap. You know, what do yeah. I care? We're, we're doing our own things. Well, you know, that's an interesting aspect to all of this because, yes, there is a fair amount of community and, and collaboration and cooperation in certain instances among, you know, local shops. But there is an aspect of competition, too, that maybe some shops take more seriously than others. I have to say, though, I never posted this photo, but the second year we did it, I took a photo of, of the audience and at our panel and I put audience in I mean I'm, I'm so appreciative of the people who were there but it was how do I put this it was not a robust turnout it was my wife <laughs> um my one of my best my best buddy from law school Jeff uh and I think wait did he bring his brother he might have brought his brother I can't remember uh but but at least Jeff was there uh and a, and a couple of your guys right just with Justin and Dan there Justin Dan Justin and Dan were both there and there were a couple you know of what happened though I think they, they, I don't know if the scheduling was on purpose, but the show before ours was some sort of trivia challenge and they were giving out prizes. So I think a lot of people attended that, like, oh, I can win stuff. And then after that, they're like, okay, I want to go shopping now. So it kind of right. left us high and dry, you know, as far as attendance. But That's I still true. had a good time. Oh, you was... know how many gigs I've played to the bartender and the guy working the door over the years? You know, you get used to like, okay. There's nobody here. He's still, you still put on the show, you know, a hundred, a hundred percent. And, you know, again, to be clear, I'm so appreciative of the people who were there and I've been in the same situation. I, there was a screening of one of my documentaries and the audience literally was <laughs> me, my <laughs> wife and one other person who was a producer on the film that played before ours. That was it. So I, I, you know, I, I've been there, but I remember you posted about that. Yeah, but the uh, the it's just so funny. And I, I never posted this, but the photo that I took of the audience at that Zap panel, you know, it's it's a small group of people, and you know they weren't posing for the picture, and we hadn't started yet, so you know it wasn't fair to expect interest or excitement on their faces. But and, and this might be my own projecting too a little bit, but they looked like so miserable or disinterested to be there. It was like I could never post it. You <laughs> feel awful. Can you? Do you still have it? Can you send it? I'll that send to it me? to you. Yeah. Send it to me. <laughs> then I'll post it. Ha ha ha. But uh, yeah, the, the panels were a lot of fun. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if in some way, shape or form at some convention in the future, you and I will take the stage. I just have a, well, I, I have a feeling. Have we spoken to the public about the, the possibility before COVID of the panel you pitched to NYCC? 
Oh yeah, I did a whole episode about how I was rejected by New oh, York. Oh, you Comic-Con. did, right, right, right. Yeah. Rejected by, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wasn't honest, so I don't think it counts. But, yeah, so I had pitched a panel <laughs> to New York Comic Con again. This was before COVID, um, but they they ended up having a virtual version of their convention, and my panel idea was rejected. But it was to feature you, uh, Gabe, uh, who at the time was an employee at uh, Torpedo Comics, and like you, is in my comic shop country. Wait, sidebar. Yeah. I know that's how lawyers talk. Um, what, why doesn't he work there anymore? Was there an issue? Or, oh, I mean, no, he, he just, just left for a different no. career opportunity. Yeah, he switched career paths. Okay. Yeah. Just curious. No, cool. uh, no. Um, and the third panelist was to be Mark Wade. Mark Wade. Legendary comics creator and fellow My Comic Mark Shop Wade. Country cast member. But, you know, again, it, it was not... You know, it didn't pass muster with the New York Comic Con programming b- committee, so it wasn't to be. And I did an episode with Jermaine Lord Retail from Acme Comics uh, at the beginning or at, at the end of 2020 called Rejected by New York Comic Con. So I did right. talk about it. But yeah, there there was that potential that you and I were going to be on stage with Mark Wade. I lost sleep over the, the, the possibility of that when you told uh, it. And it did, I was honored that you were like, well, if anybody you could have had me like the hell i'm nothing so i was so excited i even told justin i'm like dude you're my plus one like we'll close the store that day like i don't give a crap you're coming with me and we're, we're gonna do it you know but uh yeah no listen everything's it, possible you know yeah, in the future you never know i don't think i would submit something to new york comic-con again i've i've gone down that road enough times uh you know not, not bitter here but just realistic <laughs> but <laughs> you never know you know it's the it's so funny because i you know i reached out to to Mr. Wade via email and he got right back to me. He always writes back very quickly, uh, which, which is appreciated uh, for the, the times when I've asked him to participate in the documentary and on that proposed panel and on my Superman podcast. Lovely, you know, we've had lovely experiences. Um, and he wrote right back and he said that he, because I guess he doesn't always go to New York Comic Con, but that he was planning mm-hmm. to go that year and he was on board and, you know. Is he, he's an East Coast guy though, right? Well, he grew up, I believe he grew up in the Midwest, but he lives uh, in California now. Oh, he does. He's a West Coast. He's yeah. one of them. Yep. All right. So, uh, so yeah, that was one that wasn't to be. But again, I, whether it's a show, a large show or a small show, I just, and there's not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not being coy. There's nothing that I'm like, I have in my back <laughs> pocket. I just, you know, I, I just feel like there, there will be some opportunity. And no, of course I would ask you, listen, and this is a perfect opportunity to sing your praises on this 100th episode because- oh, uh, no, you've been, you've been, excep- Go on. <laughs> you've been exceptionally, uh, supportive and encouraging and you've shared the episodes and the Kickstarter and the documentary and you've shared everything. Uh, you know, there aren't many in, in your category of, you know, the, the, the frequency and the enthusiasm of posts and, and all of that. And, and I know you tell people too, uh, when they come into the, in, they, when they come into your shop. So, you know, Absolutely. I, I really appreciate it. And it's been so fun, you know, getting to know you, th- getting to know you in general and getting to know you through these episodes. I just, I can't, I can't turn it off, man. It's just, I don't understand why every person who was even tangentially involved with the movie isn't singing its praises to the heavens. Like it, it's such, what, the, what you did was so cool and so well done and so important, you know, to, to show every aspect of it, the highs and the lows and the a giant shop like Torpedo and then a tiny shop like mine, which wasn't even mine at the time, but you know, just to be included in that, like it, it's, it was so great. And I'm eternally grateful to it. And, and, and I will always support everything you do, 
No, well, you know? I, I appreciate that. And, and you know, in, again, in fairness, a lot of participants in the movie, you know, did share the word. But uh, but again, I mean, I think you really took it to I'm not saying another they level. Didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I well, wanna... Look, as a musician, I, yeah. I promotion has always been a part of my life. I used to stand outside the Woolbrook Mall with, you know, Xerox flyers to hand out. Oh, we're playing. Yeah, There's this bar and, you know, in two weeks. And like it's. Being a musician, it's you have to promote. And this was pre-internet, pre-Facebook, pre-all that. Like literally going and Xeroxing out a bunch of copies of a handwritten flyer and, and tucking them into like Rolling Stone magazines and all your local newsstands. And, and it's, it's the only way to do it. It's grassroots, you know. I want to circle back to your first appearance on the podcast because I thought of something when, when you were talking about it. And I don't know that we've ever spoken about this, but... You know, you made Uh-oh. your, you made your, no, it's a pot. It's a, it's a great thing. It's, oh, okay. it's very self-serving. <laughs> but like you, you kept passing gas the whole time, Sean. What the hell? No. <laughs> I've been sitting on this for years. It's time to finally clear the air. No, so, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you came on season three relatively early in season three as well. Yeah. You, you know, Fat Moose was one of the earlier shops that, that I had on the show. In seasons one and two of this podcast, My Comic Shop History, it was my buddies. I had on the show, you know, in, in pretty much every instance, certainly in season one, when we were talking about alternate realities and then season two, talking about collecting, you know, there were, there were definitely a couple of new voices who joined in season two, but still for the most part, you know, it was largely, um, you know, people I knew friends of mine. And then, like I said, you know, you were early in season three and that was, and if I'm missing anyone, I, I do apologize, but I think that was the first time that I had someone new on the show who didn't know anything about alternate realities except what you had heard, you know, through the podcast. And it was this, because, you know, Chris Wilcock was on um, season two um, and he and I did get to know each other through the podcast, but he had, he had been to alternate realities. He had played magic. It wasn't like this was brand new to him. Um, but you know, with you, it was like, you really met the store through the podcast and you had listened to the podcast and it's like, you knew all the players, you know, all the the cast, right. Despite never having been there. And it was like a weird phenomenon for me where it's like, oh, like he, like I can say Rich Roney and he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Friendship and fun. Friendship and fun. It was, it was really weird. And and I'm happy to say, I mean, it's been wonderful to have similar experiences like that as I've continued to branch out with this stuff. But that was really the first really significant instance of that. Um, And it was really cool. And I, you know, I I do remember that for sure. You're welcome. Now, no, it's look, none of this would have ever happened. Our friendship, all the podcasts we've done together and everything, your cool Superman statue that I sent you. If not for the viral Steve, (laughs) come on, that thing's cool as hell. Um, If not for the viral Steve Odo rant from when he announced he was closing the story, he had this paragraphs long, blame everybody (laughs) rant that amongst comic book people went kind of viral and that's how i first discovered it and through that i through a little backtracking i found that you were doing a podcast about the closing of the store and i absolutely was enthralled by it like i want to know because you know this store was always so close to closing when elon decided to move it was like this close to being gone and then scott took it but the scott wanted out and then matt took it and we know through multiple podcasts how close it came to closing before i took it over so to to hear the history of a store and the current thing of, of a store that's actually closing 
you know, when Pat closed Pegasus Enterprise in 2002, I was still busy out and about being a madman. So it upset me that he closed, but I didn't know the ins and outs of it. I never really talked to him about why and how and what's his plan moving forward. I was more like, ah, shit, I got to find a new comic shop. But with with the, your podcast, speaking with Steve, speaking with the customers, speaking with the customers' wives, even, you know, <laughs> like I was like, really got a full picture of what what this all entails like when when you close something that's been around that long that means that much to so many people like if not for that to be honest i don't know if i would have taken over this store if not for your snapshot of what that store meant to your people and how much it affected everyone when matt announced he was going to close i might have been like eh, all right you know i guess i'll go manage a pizzeria you know but you you this a lot of this is probably your fault. <laughs> As you were saying that, I'm like, I don't know if I should feel honored or guilty. <laughs> a little of both. A little of half both. and half. Yeah. Half and half. <laughs> uh, no, but that's, you know, that's that's a lovely uh, a sentiment. And, you know, it's it's funny because, you know, I know now, you know, I've gotten to know the uh, a good bit of the history of Fat Moose and I've, I've met and interviewed Elon, the, the founder and the original owner. And, uh, and Matt, as you said, right, the current owner at the time when I went there for the for the first time. And so I am aware of that and I, I respect those guys and Scott as well, the, you know, the, the folks who started it and kept it going before it went to you. Absolutely. But, at the, but at the same time, you know, you've always been my point of contact for Fat Moose. You were the, you know, you were an employee at the time, but you were the one who reached out to me when I was looking for shops to visit with season three of this podcast. And you were like, hey, you should come to Fat Moose. You know, so you brought me in. You as And again, yes, Matt was... And I guess in theory, Matt was like the main interviewee for that first episode as the owner. Sure. But, you know, you were there and you had the history with the store. And, you know, now to see you take over the shop, you know, and now you are the fat moose. It's like, you know, it's been great to see it. But again, in my mind, it's like, and, you know, I think other comic shop customers will identify with this, that, you know, it's so much of what, I guess, what forms your impression of a shop is, is who you have that contact with. And yes, in many cases it is the owner, but not always. And even for us at Alternate Realities, there were de like all of us, I would say the vast majority of customers immediately, you know, think of Steve, the owner, of course. But like those of us who work there, we, we had our customers who kind of came to us, you know, who we had right. that, you know, we had that well, it's bond like, with. It's like a hair salon. Right. They yes. may have, you know, four or five people there cutting hair, but you've got your, this is, this is the person who cuts my hair. Like, this is the one that I, you know, and, and even with Justin working here and he's here by himself only when I have a gig, you know, um, otherwise it's he and I together. But when Matt owned the place, Justin would be here alone quite a bit because Matt had a baby to raise and everything. Uh, so Justin had, you know, his customers. Who would come in and, and be like, if I if I was here instead, they'd be like, where's Justin? I'm like, well, I'm here. And they're like, yeah, Justin's my guy, though. You know, or, or there are customers that would gravitate towards Matt or gravitate towards me. And, you know, and that's just the reality of it. Yeah. You get used to seeing that face, having those conversations. And, and when Justin is here, sometimes I'll hide in the back to get work done. And I'll hear a customer come in and they'll be like, oh, hey, Justin, what's up? Oh, nothing. Hey, where's Sean? Oh, he's in the back. And then. They have to come back and say hi, and then it's a twenty-minute conversation. I'm like, oh, I was really trying to get some paperwork done. Ah, whatever. I'll, I'll have this conversation. <laughs> so, but people get very comfortable, and even if you go to your local, and I know you've never been to a quick check, but your local <laughs> convenience store, if every time you go, you see the same guy or gal behind the counter, 
And then you go in one day, you're like, ah, oh, where's uh, so-and-so? Oh, I'm so used to seeing this space and this place. And that's, that's my point of contact and that, you know, yeah. it's a big part of it. For sure. Uh, but like I said, you know, it, so in my mind, I've always associated you most with, with the shop. And so, you know, over this past year plus to see you take over the store and weather an unbelievably difficult period of time and still be there. <laughs> so terrible. And, but, but to, to be where you are and to be looking ahead to the 40th anniversary celebration of your shop. I know I said this to you when we did uh, one of our episodes celebrating the release of, of my comic shop country, but you know, I see what you were able to accomplish. You know, you and I were in similar situations, right? Where our shops were about to close. And for me, you know, I honored it through the, the podcast and then the documentary, and I'm grateful that I was able to do that. You know, there is, there's always that little part of me that's like, man, I wish I could have kept the store going. And you got to man. do that, and it's it's been wonderful to see. And, you know, I wish you nothing but the best moving forward. I look forward to more podcasts with you. We got cool stuff that we're cooking up uh, for 2022. I can't wait to be there for your 40th uh, anniversary celebration. You better be here for my 40th, because not only is the store going to be 40 years old on April 1st, I'm going to be 50 years old on April 15th. So I'm going to combine those because I, basically I want gifts. So, yeah. uh, and I, you know, I'll be, I'll yeah. be 30, I'll be 35 April 8th. So right. 35. In, right, well, it's a little bit of a milestone, right? And right, right. Credit in card debt older than you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, listen, that celebration is all you and that's all fat moose. And I'm happy to be there in a supporting role and, uh, and, and celebrate what you guys have accomplished there. It's going to be fun, man. And I appreciate everything you've done for me, putting me on all these podcasts and video. It put me in a movie. It's, it's nuts, man. It, I've never thought I'd see the day. Well, I, I always thought I deserved the day, but I never thought I'd see it. Well said. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's my pleasure. And like I said, I look forward to, uh, to, to more friendship and fun in, in the future. Friendship and fun. Books and booze. That's right. So listen, everyone, make sure you check out Fat Moose Comics in Whippany, New Jersey. And next up is a guest without whom this 100th episode celebration uh, would simply not be complete. Now, at last, I am pleased to welcome to our 100th episode, the former owner of Alternate Realities, Steve Odo. Here I am. There you are. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I know, look, I know 100 episodes. Things. What'd you say? I'm just doing two things at once. Go ahead. I can do two things at once. All right. I know you probably figure 100 episodes, big deal. A lot of podcasts get 100 episodes. But, you know, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to have a nice celebration here and, and to, of course, have you... Um, be part of it and maybe relive some of your greatest hits on my comic shop history because you've been you've been a guest uh, on every season you've been represented here. I'll tell you the, the fact that a hundred is is mind boggling. Oh, you are, you do uh, find that mind boggling. I didn't think you would. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's. I, it, it's a well. I feel like I'm saying I feel like I'm rich, Roni. It's a tribute to you that uh, that you have are so devoted to this um that that uh i mean let's face it you you've got a family to to uh, a family life to uh keep you occupied uh, aside from just professional life uh that you can find the time to do something like this and 
still have the enthusiasm for it after after all these i mean we're talking about years now right six years yeah so congratulations to you this is this, this is a a milestone i'm glad to be a part of it thank you oh thank you wow I, I i really appreciate that thank you uh i'm curious i know you'll likely say you don't remember the episodes you've been on but is there do you have any favorites that because again you've been you've been a guest on at least one episode per season sometimes more uh yeah i'm just curious if there are any looking back that you're like oh like i really like that that was my favorite does anything stand out uh part of it is is a bad memory um i think that one of the things that that always will stand out is that one where it was you bill and uh and and me mm-hmm. I, again because my memory's so bad i don't remember if there was a fourth person at the table but um but uh that was sort of like opening opening your heart to uh to, to something you don't usually do where you just really kind of lay it on the table it's like you know i love you boys and uh always been proud um it, it, an unusual relationship that i'm i'm lucky that uh, that you boys walked into the store you know that that type of thing is you, something you don't usually say out loud uh, something i think most people would take for granted that the other person knows but uh, i was so glad that we actually said that and um you know, it still chokes me up when I think about it. It's 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 one of those once in a lifetime things. But I was lucky enough to do it a couple of times, and uh, you know that 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 always uh, that never that that memory. I don't say never went away. It just kind of fades a little bit. But, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It, was, it was a that was a good that was a good podcast. I enjoyed that one. Um, I don't know. I mean, some of them were just silly talks. But it's it's it, the 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 beauty of these things is that. We sit around because we're all good friends and just chat about next to nothing and have a good time every single time. Uh, you know, it's, I, I, I guess I'm, I'm very glad that, uh, uh, you know, early on, I guess it was partially a technology, but early on it was, it was just really uh, audio. And uh, now because of the technology that it allows you to do video, I think this is fantastic. I think. The next step, of course, is for us to have um, things to hold up <laughs> yeah, yes. and show off. You know, um, what do I have? What do I have? Uh, oh, Michael Jackson trading cards. No, but 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 you know, it's it, it, because I think being visual helps uh, keeps the audience uh, entertained. And um, I mean, I know some people like listen to these in the car. Um, I, I used to listen to a lot of them uh, when I was cooking, and uh, it, it, it while it is a uh, you ha- while you do have to devote the time to, to actually s- to watch it on the screen, um, I think it's, it's perhaps the next stage, whether it's this year or next year or you know five years, but uh, you know the fact that the technology is there and that I guess it's getting easier for young guys like you to use. You know, for me, I can barely turn use turn this thing on, but uh, I, I hope that uh, it'll just progress to something a little bit more um, interactive, even. Well, so interesting. So you know, I know for a while you had you had encouraged me to do video podcasts, and you know, obviously, I finally moved forward with that. Um, I guess what what finally put it over the edge. Uh, 
you know, I mean, I do value your opinion. Uh, I know Chris Wilcock was another one who, you know, you know, was, was encouraging me to do that. And, you know, doing my research, it, it did seem like video podcasts were becoming more popular. And I guess the thing that put it over the top for me was just this sense of like, well, if I have it on YouTube, in addition to the audio versions on the regular podcast platforms, having it on YouTube is just, it's another way for someone to find it. And whether they then sit there and watch the whole thing, or maybe they, you know, watch a few minutes of it and then they go and they download the audio version and listen while they drive. It's another way to catch people. Um, and I will say now that I have this library of video podcasts and I've been doing it for a while, I do like having the video versions, even just for myself. I like that it's, it's, you know, uh, preserved in that way. And I guess the other thing too, just like very practically speaking, I had to look into, you know, because of the pandemic, not doing these in person, I had to look into these video conferencing platforms anyway. So it's like, if we were going to be on this screen, you know, having a conversation, it's like, why not capture the video as well and have that, you know, to put out both versions. So uh, yeah, it's been fun to do. I mean, as far as it being interactive, you know, I mean, there, the platform that I use, it's called Ecamm and uh, yeah, there is a feature to do live streaming. So that's something that I might I might investigate down the line. I don't know how, like I don't know how eager the audience would be to like watch it live as it's happening and comment. But I would be open to trying that. We do have the the capability for it. Well, we, I mean, we we spoke earlier about uh, uh, Mark Hammond and uh, OES live sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, they're not auctions; they're just sales where people are watching. You know, it shows you a little number of how many people are watching, and. Uh, People are just typing in comments and in, in, a, in a scrolling uh, dialogue, and uh, and putting in their claims. Uh, when he has help, somebody else over there is typing in what the item is and how much it is. Uh, it, it's so I, I think it's successful because people are involved and and, and get to be a part of it, and it, you know it limits it to say about an hour because you know you can't sit there forever and and and. Uh, and do this but uh but he, he seems to be able to draw a crowd and it, it's almost like well like what it used to be at the store where people just came and hung out for an hour before they had to go back to doing whatever they have to do but um yeah but you know but he, he manages to keep it and he always has little stories that he's telling not just a, you know a, a, sum, a summation of what the book is about but uh you know he'll just come up with little things and not that you should have a, a, a list of jokes to, to do as you're doing it. But but the fact is you don't need it because again, being part of a comic book store, as people are talking, the funny things just keep popping left and right all the time. Yeah. So that was just my two cents. But my so, 12 cents. There you go. <laughs> but, you know, so now for someone who, you know, you, you really in, encouraged me, we'll put it that way, to do these video pod. Have you watched any of the video podcasts? I think I started watching the Rich Roney one. Ah. Um, because of the adventures of Superman. Yeah. Uh, I really wish you were talking about uh, uh, Mr. Superman. We did in the second episode. In the second episode. Oh, I missed the second episode. We did. Now, there there was a technical snafu with the second episode. So if you go to watch the video version, you'll see me and a picture of Rich. (laughs) And a picture of Rich. Oh, a frozen picture? No, not a frozen picture. Long story short, I wasn't able to capture his video. So Uh I just put up a, a photo of him. Uh, for the video, just so that we this we still have the video, but thankfully, you know, and uh, you know that's it, it's cut it cuts both ways because it's been somewhat frustrating at times uh, navigating both the remote process and the video capture process um, over the past few months. But it's been interesting. I do there's a, there's something to it that I really do enjoy. I like figuring it out, 
And, uh, you know, knock on wood, I think I'm in a good place now. <laughs> uh, but the other thing that I've accepted is that there will be times where things don't go right. And, you know, again, maybe I do have to put up a photo of someone or maybe there's not video for something and it's okay. Uh, I, See, if it were me, if it were me, I would have done a stick figure and just had yeah. Rich Roney underneath it and had that on the half of the screen. <laughs> Although it's funny, if there were any guest that we didn't have video for, it's fitting that it's Rich, the person who's, you know, so mysterious and averse to technology. Uh, it, you know, it, it is fitting. I, just going back to your your favorite appearances, I agree. I mean, that season one finale with you, me, and Bill in the store, I mean, that was in the first cycle of the podcast, but I, that was the emotional high point of the show. I mean, that, that was as raw and real uh, as you could hope for and so cathartic. I, myself as well, I'm so glad that we said everything and that it's recorded. Um, that That is very special to me. I will say, I think other than that, I think my favorite appearance of yours is in season four when you and I talked about our New York Comic Con retailer breakfast day. Uh, that was a very fun one. I really enjoyed that one. <laughs> I'm glad you had a good time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it was good. It was good. I felt like you're like, I don't know, your energy level. Like we just had such a great back and forth. I really liked that one. I guess, uh, I, I guess... <laughs> Well, I, th that was your first your first uh, conference, retailer conference, right? First re yeah, first retailer. Yeah, yeah. Breakfast. Yeah, I, I, I've done I've done those so many times. I've you know, I've gone around the country to those to to attend these things. So to me, it was just it was it was a it was a burden to have to 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 go to it. It's funny you mention that though, because I actually still have the package of the freebies that they gave us. You know, I got mine, and you gave me yours, and I sold I sold mine. And I keep thinking, well, I should sell the other one because uh, you know, I'm not going to do anything else with it. But uh, but it just happens to be right here. So small world. Um, yeah. Well, I'm glad you had a good time with that. I, I guess it was not a, a not so much the the podcast, but the actual attendance of that thing was just not not uh, yeah. a big deal to me. No, you know? I know. So it's like I guess you know, for a lot of people, when they go to a convention and they meet an artist or something. Uh, and you know, they're, they're a big fan, and it's like a big thrill to meet this guy and get his autograph on some books and things. But, like, again, I've been doing it for so long that uh, I, I almost avoid eye contact with some of them because I don't want to have to say hello. <laughs> no, I know, but again, I think we really got a good episode out of it. I'm very happy with that one. I think our, I think our worst one was, well, <laughs> I think our worst one was when we did Heroes World, and I, I only oh. think. Well, I only think it was, I mean, <laughs> worst. It's still, I still enjoyed it. I'm still proud of the episode, but I, we were, and we didn't realize this until after the, we were talking about two different versions of the store. I mean, so this whole episode, like I'm describing one, one iteration, you know, one of its locations in the gallery, you're talking about another one. And I, I don't know, we were, we were not like synced up on that. <laughs> it was parallel worlds. <laughs> yeah, but still, it was still fun. Uh, no, I've, I, it's always, I always love having you on. And, you know, we've done, obviously we've done ones that are, that are one-on-one -on -one and we've done the group ones and uh, they're each enjoyable in their own way. Is there a, a type of episode, either in terms of format or topic that you and I haven't done yet that you, you would be interested in doing in the future? Golly, I mean, after, after a decade of doing these things and between... <laughs> <laughs> between all your your high school and college projects that's like i i feel like there's nothing left i didn't even know what we we're going to talk about today actually yes. uh, you know on that note one of the things i wanted to ask you as we're celebrating 100 episodes you know over the years 
I've asked you to participate in various things, right? It started with that college journalism paper, uh, then my comic shop documentary, and then the podcast. Which which one of those, uh, I, I don't know, were you most either su- surprised or, you know, uh, unsure of out of the three? Or did you have the strongest reaction to, do you think? Um, when did you write that play? Was that high school? The, wait, the profile of you or the screenplay? There, there was a, there was a, was it? A, I guess it was a screenplay. Yes. Jeff Long was the, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that was, that one actually kind of surprised me because I said, you know what, we should film this. You know, we shouldn't just, we shouldn't just leave it on paper to, to, to have a good laugh. We, we should actually make this into a movie. And it, it was, it was possible at the time. Um, I think, I think, uh, what was there was one line that actually stuck with me. And what are we, what are we looking at? 15 years ago, is this? Um, the, the whole thing about the grading of the, of the comic, I think it was. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, <laughs> is, it, is it good? It's, like, it's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's like that, that, you know, as a, as a comic book dealer, it kind of stayed in my head. And it's like, I always want to use that once in a while. <laughs> once in a while. Um, but that, that was a surprise for me. I mean, the movie was, was, uh, was, was a surprise. You know, I, I didn't think, I didn't think there was anything interesting to talk about, but he made it into something that was interesting. Um, let's see. Uh, I thought that the Jay Mizell one was actually pretty, uh, pretty touching, you know, because, um, it, it was a, a real reflection of, uh, what was going on in this guy's heart. Yeah, and uh, you know, I guess a lot, a lot of people. I mean, I I know that nobody stays in touch with him. You know, I talk to him once, a, like once a week, and uh, uh, it's it's not it's not a, again as you get older and, and you start thinking, you know, about what's important in life. It's like it, it's it's not the way you want to go, and it's. Yeah, speaking of it's Jay, really yeah, I you know I wanted to to mention him because you know he's someone he's been on the podcast and I, again he was in my comic shop documentary and then I did the spinoff short by Spoon, which you know thank you and I I am very proud of that I you know I I I've, even though I made it I mean I find it moving as well and and um you know people do ask about him occasionally and especially now that by Spoon I have it up on my YouTube channel people can watch it for free so sometimes people will comment like oh like whatever happened to Jay and. You know, he's still with us. He's at an assisted living facility, uh, you know, a couple hours away. And uh, I, I'm so glad that you stay in regular contact with him. I would say I'm semi-regular. Con- like, I don't talk to him every week. It's more like every few months, to be honest. And I always, the intention is always there to to call him on his grand pad. And, and then I always get sidetracked. But the times where I have connected with him recently, it's, it's, it's tough. It, I mean, it really is. You know, it, it, it it's just tough. There's a lot of silence. You know, he doesn't. He's not as responsive. I mean, I'm assuming that's a similar experience that you've had with him. Well, I mean, when I call him, uh, he doesn't say. Let's face it. Again, it's a, it's a COVID related thing. You know, with with the any nursing home assisted living, he's basically it's it's almost like you're a uh, you're in solitary confinement in prison, and you couldn't have any contact with anybody, other residents. Uh, you only had the the nurse or the the aide come in to give you your medicine or give you food, uh, but you're basically stuck in your room. And if you're not the type of person who has the ability to keep himself busy, I mean, he seems to have just had no interest in reading. I said, 
I'll, I'll get you a subscription to newspapers and magazines. Uh, this is a good chance to like catch up on all those TMC movies. Um, but he has absolutely no interest in doing any of that. So it's like, what, what do you do all day? You know, you sit there and take naps. Um, when I call him, uh, he's, he's staring at the screen, but there's actually no reaction, no, no emotional, nothing. I mean, I'm doing all the talking every now and then. Well, because of our relationship is a little different. And was, every now and then I said, are you alive? And, uh, you still get that silence before he goes, yeah, I'm alive. <laughs> but that's it. That's all you can get out of him. It's pretty much my calling and telling him which of the uh, of his stuff that uh, he's you know he left with me yeah. uh, that I'm selling for him. You know, I tell him what I've sold, and then eh, it's like I'll, I'll let him know that I'm sending him a check or whatever. And I guess his daughter will cash it for him and put it in his account. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's. It's it's tough for him because I don't think uh, it's tough to talk to him now because I don't think he's all I don't want to say he's not all there, but uh, I, I'll tell uh, what's it? He he's got two Judy Garland autographed photos, and for the longest time, for the past year, he's been telling me that the the autographs are no good, that they weren't signed by Garland, but they were signed by Judy Garland's mother, and then last week he tells me that they're good. I said, well, they're not, you told, you tell you're telling me they're not good. And I said, no, those are good. I said, but you said his mother, her mother signed them. I said, no, those, those aren't signed by her, by her mother. So it's like, <laughs> it's like now I, I hate doing his autograph photos, but that means I've got to do a lot of research into this and see if these are real, is real, the real autographs or not. Yeah. I know like, uh, glory, his glory to havens are wrong or just wrong. It's like signed by three different people. You know, he has a few of them. Yeah. So, uh, no, I, you know, I can't. And he says, just put them up anyway. I said, no, it's a federal crime. <laughs> so I'm forgery. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I know it's you know I and my you know I, I feel I, you know I, I feel so so badly and I because I I mean I agree I mean he he is confined to that space and you know even under the best circumstances I mean you know losing his wife and and then you know moving and, and being there that would be difficult enough but then to be confined and to not have the, the visitation that you know uh, like I went to visit him right before the quarantine last year I went February Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I went, wow. I, I spent the afternoon with him and I spent, a, I brought, I brought him, because I had the same thought. It's like, you know, I know he has a lot of hours to fill. It's like, what can I get him? And he loves classic movies. So I got him the Warner Brothers, like best of Warner Brothers collection across the history of cinema. And I brought him that DVD set and I spent like an hour showing him how to change the input on his television to the DVD player and put it. And it just, it just didn't connect. And when I've spoken to him since then, I've always said like, oh, okay, you know, were you able to get the DVD player working? Were you able to get someone to help you? And, you know, it, it's always no. And um, yeah, it's, it's sad. I mean, I have, now I've, I've, un I understand that like when, when we do talk over the grand pad, like I just need to just talk to him and just like tell him stories. Like I know we're not going to have the back and forth uh, that we used mm -hmm. to, but, uh, but you know, for people who are wondering, he, you know, Jay is still with us and, uh, and we love the guy now on uh, yeah, on a, on a happy note. Oh, actually going back to the screenplay, I've long, it's funny cause I, I wrote that in college and I won an award for it, which was very nice. And, and, you know, yes, I did take inspiration from our life at alternate realities. Uh, I don't know how like it would really hold up. One thing I've always thought about doing, maybe at some point I'll do this on the podcast is, is do it like a radio play. 
Like, I don't think I would go out and film it, but like if we bring people in and we read it, I might do something like that at some point. The the great lost project of, uh, of, of Desi. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe something like that. Um, well, I, I think don't know. what, what was, was striking was the, the, the surprise, I'll say surprise ending. Um, it caught me by surprise. I mean, I suppose other people would say I knew it was going to be like this, but I was, I was like, wow, I couldn't believe it. Well, so, that's good. Yeah, it. I loved. Thank you. I mean, I love doing it. It was it was really a lot of fun, and uh, you know, that and the the profile that I wrote of you. You know, those are the the you know the my, the two uh, you know pieces that I wrote in college that uh, you know really certainly the profile uh, led <laughs> led to a lot. Oh, did you ever listen? Because I I read the profile as an audiobook episode of the podcast last year. Did you ever listen? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not not impressed. <laughs> I was like, eh, yeah. I don't know. I, I I guess again, a lot of this stuff is just kind of not background noise. Yeah. But uh, it's like, oh yeah, I I, I kind of remember this. As I am. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That was uh, you know, last year again, we were going to do this homecoming miniseries about alternate realities being a vendor at Undiscovered Con, and and that didn't happen, and so. I, you know, I basically had, you know, I had a couple of episodes of the homecoming that were in the can and then that just stopped. And, um, so I was looking for episodes to do and I was like, yeah, you know, I have this profile of Steve and I've, I've put in, I've put up the, you know, the written form of it on my website and on my Facebook page over the years. So people have had an opportunity to read it, but I thought, and, you know, as far as keeping this interesting for myself and doing something a little different, I was like, well, I've never done an audio book. Uh, I said, so like, I'll, I'll read this. And uh, overall, it was it was a fun, it was an interesting exercise. I wouldn't make a habit out of it, but especially since I had that product and it was a new way to kind of bring it to life. Um, yeah, it was fun. I, I uh, For anyone who did listen, I, I hope they enjoyed. Uh, you know, it's, it's always striking to me, and I don't know how you feel about this, but the fact that through, you know, the documentaries and the podcasts now, I mean, people, like people all over, and it's not a vast number of people, but even if it's just a few people, people who have never stepped foot in alternate realities, like know the store, know you, know the Odoisms, they know the salute. I mean, I don't know. How does that make you feel? Well, I guess, uh, I think we had something, a similar conversation where it kind of, it kind of uh, struck you that I, I didn't have the big emotional response that you were hoping for. Um, I guess I, it, it's, well, A, it's something I've never really thought about. Um, I, I, it would like even even the salute. Sometimes I think to myself, like I do this because of the the Shoninji Kempo background, the, the the martial arts background. Um, I don't know if people understand that, you know. And uh, um, it, it's I'm not even going to go into ex explaining yeah, that's okay. explaining it, but but uh, uh I guess it. it it, that, it's just it's just one of my my quirks it's like i wish people understood this the the significance of something like this but uh um the, the fact that people well it's not just me I mean, people know uh, all the all the it's like 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 sean hendrix you know at fat moose comics you know rich roney walks in and and sean is yelling at him <laughs> you're the guy you're the guy you're mr friendship and fun <laughs> so, yeah. it, it, it shocked rich you know but uh but yeah i mean and and the fact that i know that you're getting the you know uh, these little uh messages from people around the world who, who have uh, who have watched it and, and it's entertaining and i i think uh 
you know, a lot, a lot of other storekeepers could have watched the movie and say, I know exactly what he's talking about. So they feel that uh, you know, familiarity and comfort. So yeah. knowing that they're not alone in this, in this, on this uh, journey. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 do I do I think about it? Do people know who I am? Eh, it's like, it doesn't matter. I, mean, I, I I like to be behind the throne. I don't like to be the one on, on front on the on the screen. Mm-hmm. So he says. Yet he <laughs> continues to participate, and I always appreciate it. And it's my honor to spread the gospel of Sco. And I, I'm glad, you know, for anyone who has has enjoyed it. So listen, thank you very much for all of your participation in the various projects. Um, this won't be the last. I don't know when or where, but I'm sure we'll be podcasting again. But in the meantime, thank you for being part of this 100th episode of My Comic Shop History. Well, thank you for always including me. I, 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 do, I do appreciate it, even though I don't always say it, okay? But, uh, and, you know, again, it's like uh, whatever you need, you know, I'll, I'll come running. So, you know, the, it's, it's one of the things, you, you never worry about stuff like that. Yeah. If, if, like, nobody shows up, I'll, I'll still come and talk. I do appreciate. Listen, there have been screenings where it's no, no, just been you, so I do appreciate that. No dead airspace. Don't worry. Yes. All One right. take Odo. One take Odo. You haven't watched West Wing. You haven't watched West Wing, so you have no idea what that means. It's okay. on. It's on the list. Um, but listen, thank you. And uh, again, I look forward to the next time that we are podcasting, hopefully in person. Uh, but in the meantime, this was a lot of fun. And back to Doctor Bill. back with dr bill so those were our all-star guests chris jermaine sean and steve odo my thanks to them uh and you know i was i was saying this before but really my heartfelt thanks to everyone yourself included of course uh who have been guests on the show over the years um and you know especially in that in that first season i think i know that one of the reasons uh, people responded to it the way they did was that people were candid and unfiltered and we got emotional and it was, it was raw, but I think people really responded to that. It, you know, it, it wasn't like we were holding anything back. And I think that allowed for people to really feel like they were getting to know <laughs> the, the AR yeah. community. And, you know, and this goes back to the first documentary as well. You know, so the the fact that the AR crew has has been a part of this and has shared as much as they have, I I think has gone a long way. But even beyond that, I mean, everyone who's come to the podcast and this has continued, right? Because now I'm doing Digging for Kryptonite, my Superman podcast and my comic shop book club as well. And, you know, those those podcasts involve homework. You know, with my comic shop history, it's like, yeah, we get together, we reminisce, we tell some stories. With these other things, it's like viewing projects, reading projects, and it's just everyone comes so, like, I mean, to a, to to the person. I mean, like, like everyone. I, I really can't think of an exception. Everyone just comes prepared and, and ready to play, and, you know, if I didn't have the material, you know, this show wouldn't work. So I, I really am immensely grateful to all of the guests. Well, I think everything you've done over the years has been incredible and inspiring, really. And uh, you're really inspiring greatness in other people uh, who participate. I mean, I certainly will tell you, I prepare every time, uh, especially with that 
when we did the Darwin Cook one, um, you know, I was prepared for for hours, you know, uh, reading and stuff. And I'm sure all your guests are the same way. Um, and so I, th I think it's you that uh, is a driving force behind all of this. You know, you have a vision, and you've you've really over the course of these last you know the last decade, it's really uh, it's been inspiring to watch um, and be and be a participant. So thank you. Uh. We, so we did not plan this ahead of time, Ed, but you were the perfect person to have for this. I'm really, I'm loving this. This is great. <laughs> no, I, I, I do appreciate the, the, the kind words. And, you know, there's so many people over the years who have reached out, you know, after, after listening or, or watching the documentaries and, uh, you know, I, I try to get back to everybody. I usually do. And because it really means a lot to me. I, you know, I appreciate if someone takes you know, an hour or two, you know, listening to these episodes or watching the movies or, you know, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, so I, I do always appreciate that. Um, so yeah, the, the guests and the audience, a, a couple of other thanks. Uh, earlier in the episode, when I was speaking with Jermaine, I talked about Greg Shegel, who kind of guided me with, with how to set up a podcast in the first place. Uh, Doug Desher, you know, our, our, our AR, oh, yeah. uh, our AR brother, uh, you know, he met with me at, at alternate realities and we did that first, uh, the first time I ever tested the equipment, we sat there around that big table in the middle. We had to, you know, push some boxes away and make some space. And, you know, we sat there with the microphones and it was the first time I talked into a microphone with headphones on. And you know how most people, you know, you don't like the sound of your own voice. Absolutely. Egomaniac over here. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> I was like, I love you. I love this. No, in all honesty, it's not that I love the sound of my own voice. So people might think that that is the case, but I just, I don't know. Hearing both of us, honestly, hearing both of us in these headphones, going back to what we were saying before about just like the, the, the power of podcasting, there's an intimacy to it. And I do think that part of it is, uh, again, having those headphones on and just being fully immersed in the conversation. We loved our AR dinners, no no question about it. But you're in a crowded, noisy restaurant and you're like oh, shouting yeah. across the table. It, you know, it, it can be a little challenging to like really dial in with somebody. And you can do that with this. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I oftentimes, you know, because it's so exciting to be back at home. Uh, for me, you know, being in New Mexico, it's like I can't wait for Saturday night dinners. And then, you know, invariably you're disappointed in the end. It's like, well, I kind of talked to Rich Roney. <laughs> we were <laughs> screaming at each other's ears for an hour. Yeah. But I mean, you yeah, know, this is a lot of fun. You know, obviously we haven't, format. we haven't had an AR dinner in a very long time, but uh, I've, I've tried to make a point it for the, 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 the last ones that we had of like working the table a little bit of like actually getting yeah. up and going around and even still, you know, you might only have like a few minutes with somebody, but cause it's like, yeah, otherwise it's very easy to go a whole dinner and you're really just talking to the people immediately around you. So, no, for sure. Uh, I just want to see, I just want to say as far as uh, other thanks, uh, you know, again, we spoke about the, the guests and the audience and uh, those who helped me uh, tech wise. I, I really want to give a, a very special thanks to my musical contributors over the years uh, namely ralph puma whose song evil deaded uh you've been hearing throughout this episode and if my comic shop documentary has any like theme song i think it's that that's the song that plays during that final montage i used an acoustic version of it that he did for me in my comic shop country like it's to me when i think about like a music that i associate with these projects that immediately comes to mind and 
in the first season of the podcast, every song was uh, one of Ralph's and he's been so generous with his music over the years. Uh, Dan Pritchard, my, my guardian angel in Australia, uh, he composed new theme music for, uh, I believe it was like seasons two through five, uh, I want to say. Uh, and, oh, very nice. I didn't know that. Yeah, and he's done music for the documentaries as well. Uh, he's been a tremendous supporter. And actually, uh, episodes of My Comic Shop Book Club, as well as the original run of My Comic Shop History, is currently on uh, his internet radio station, Slice Radio. So that's another way to to consume the show. Uh, but I just want to give a shout out to Dan and to and to Slice Radio. And more recently, uh, Basic Printer. Uh, Basic Printer is, uh, it's a band, it's the, the, the main guy's name is Jesse, and, and he and I came in into, it was actually Ralph who put us in touch initially, and he gave me a ton of music for my comic shop country, and then I've been using music of his in all of my current podcast projects. It's all been, uh, it's all been Basic Printer, so uh, I really want to thank those guys. It's like, there's a lot that I can do. I can't compose music. I can't draw. Like there are certain there are certain limits. So you know, having having people who not only can do it but want to do it and are are so generous with with their stuff, whether they're letting me use something or they're creating something, uh, yeah, I, I really do appreciate it. And uh, artwork wise, you know, my wife has actually done the 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 key art for pretty much every season of the podcast. Uh, the most recent one has been done by Phil Tastic Phil from Fat Moose Comics. Uh, so, so again, you know, just having, having that help, uh, Kristen San Gregorio, wife of, uh, Mike San Gregorio from AR, uh, she does the book club artwork. So, you know, there's, there are other people who have, you know, helped bring this to life in various ways. Uh, and I, I really do appreciate it. And of course my wife, I thank her every season, I believe. Um, but you know, it's funny, like when we started, I think we were just dating, like we just got in, or we just got engaged when I first started the podcast. And then we've gone from, you know, dating to engaged to married, to parents, you know, over the course of this podcast series. And she's been on the show a bunch of times. And, you know, she listens to me talk about this stuff more than I'm sure she wants to. Because <laughs> it's always something. It's like, oh, I want to try this this different microphone or, you know, I want to make sure the Wi-Fi is secure. So I'm going to get a 50-foot cable and hook it up to our uh, router upstairs. Like, it's always something. Yeah, yeah. And she's very patient and very supportive. So I want to thank, I want to thank Steph uh, for Yeah, for you can that. never thank your wife enough. <laughs> no, she's she's great. And uh, she also was like your, your, I guess, your number one, right, on the, on the documentary, right? She went to every stop with you, no? Yeah, she was there with me. Um, and, you know, it wasn't just that she was there. I mean, she did the lighting and uh, it was just great to have another set of, of, of eyes and ears and hands. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she saw multiple cuts of the movie as, <laughs> as I was going through it. She's a good sport. She, she is a, she is a very good sport. And, uh, and, you know, she, she gave us our son Milo who, you know, uh, maybe in a few years for the 200th episode, he'll, he'll make us, he'll make his podcast debut. That's awesome. Yeah, Logan was here. I don't know if you heard him breathing a little bit ago. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I didn't. He's, I know. Yeah. yeah, he was very interested in what was going on. Oh, very cool. He's he's welcome to to share the screen with you if, if he comes nah, back. He's, he's already back in his room. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I wanted to, you know, to to express my gratitude really to everyone who's been part of the show in, in, in any way, shape or form. Um, I think you've assembled a great team of people. I Really. Thank you. You know. The, the 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 artists the the musicians uh the guests i mean you know yeah great people yes. who want to be you know part of this christy russo who did our uh, our homecoming artwork for the the short-lived oh, yeah. 
our short-lived uh, uh, planned return uh, to to the convention scene before the pandemic uh, pushed. That I heard aside. that that's now uh, kaput now, huh? I think that's it. Oh, that's a perfect segue. Look at you. So as far as as <laughs> updates. You know, we, you know, so recently, you know, Steve was on the Father's Day installment of The Longer Halloween, and then I just, he was on this episode as well, and we talked about how he sold all of the remaining AR comics from the warehouse. The right. update since those- Which was an anticlimactic story, by the way. <laughs> I was, I don't know what I was hoping for, but it wasn't the story I wanted to hear, I guess. It's like, oh, this guy contacted me. He's opening a comic store. I sold him the books. He came down with his friend. He backed him up. I was like, oh, that's it? That's the whole story? Well, look, you know, we love we love Steve on the podcast, right? But he, it's not like he comes in with the intent to entertain you. <laughs> you know, because and it's the sort of thing where like that is a pretty major development, right? Yeah, of course. You called me immediately and we talked about it, you know? Yeah. And, and that was the story after all. It's like, oh, all right. You know, because like he could have really come in and like spun a yarn about, oh, you know, about course. how all of this transpired. Anything. Yeah, but no, he's like, <laughs> tell it to you. Very matter of fact. <laughs> Most matter of fact way possible. But that's Steve. That's Steve. Yeah. Uh, but the, the latest development, I don't know if you even know this. Maybe you do. He got rid of, or is in the process of getting rid of all the trades. It's a done oh, deal. No, he alluded to that in that episode. So if somebody, uh, is it Zap or is it all? Oh, yeah, it's a done deal. The all of it's a man. I can't believe it. But all of the remaining alternate realities trade paperbacks, graphic novels, hardcovers, they are going to uh, all yeah, Skokie, okay, Illinois. Great. Yeah, this is something that we have been you know, envisioning that he would do for himself for years. And I'm glad he's finally at that point where he's doing it. And it's good for Steve. Good for him. Yeah. I'm glad because he, he could spend a lifetime. We can all spend a lifetime and never sell all those books. Yeah, no, I am. I am glad that, that it's happening. Yeah. It's uh. so what's That's left. Great news. I mean, the, it's the toys and the statues and supplies. I'm sure they're going to go the same way. I would hope eventually he's just going to get fed up or find that right buyer. Which is good. I think that's what needed to happen all along. I agree. Like, do you have, I think I know the answer to this, but do you have any sentimental attachment to like the stuff in the warehouse? Like, is there any? There's one thing. Yeah. Yeah, there's one thing. What? I don't know if I told, well, maybe you know, maybe you don't. So the, my first ever day at working at the comic shop, this is Brandon was one of the owners and uh, my brother had already gotten the job. So he got the job before me. I was trying to work my angle and ask for a job at AR for like months. And somehow, you know, we and my brother would go in at different times and he got the job. Brandon had given him the job. And through him, believe it or not, I don't know if you ever knew that, I was able to get the job. So Brandon hired me after he hired my brother. Anyway, my first day on the job, uh, I had to check the uh, statues that came in that with that diamond order, and they were the Magog statue from Kingdom Come, and there is still one of them at the warehouse. And I just think that's a really interesting like piece to, that I would love to have. And I told Steve that too. I said, "Don't you know? I'll I'll take this at the very end, uh, but keep it in here for now." But that was like the first thing I touched as an employee of the uh, of the shop. Uh, so that's one thing that has a sentimental. Uh, value to me that's in there it brings me back to that first day oh that's really cool you gotta get that you gotta yeah well i mean i but i hope he doesn't sell it steve if you're listening don't sell that but i don't want it yet you know, you know what i mean like it'll be like the, the piece that i take out at the very end it'll be like uh 
the bookend. Well, you just got to be careful because these days, he, I mean, he like, you know, all of a sudden he's just like, oh, by it's the way, the Steve. comics are gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a completely new Steve. I mean, that's what happened with the comics. All of a sudden there was a Facebook post. All the comics are I gone from the warehouse. Yeah. So I don't know. You, you might want to remind him about yeah, it. I'll send because, him a message. I have to, actually, I owe him a phone call. You know. Yeah. After uh, listening to that Father's Day episode, I, I feel like I owe him one for sure. It's oh, definitely time to give him a call. I'm sure. I'm sure he would appreciate that. Um, and yeah, so we still have four episodes of the longer Halloween to come. So this is not, again, this is not the finale. And yeah. <laughs> we still have more episodes. And uh, we have coming up for our Independence Day. I can, I'll, I'll, I'll reveal what our, the rest of our lineup. For Independence Day, we have Carolyn. Okay. And I'm excited to talk about her upcoming wedding. Yeah, for you sure. Know, Steve and I were yeah, surprised. We were surprised to learn about it and I'm very happy for her. And I think it'll be great to catch up. August. Uh, August is tough, holiday-wise. But. We <laughs> <laughs> should squeeze in there. <laughs> Well, going back, I, I went back to my inspiration for this, right? Batman, The Long Halloween. For August, they did Roman Holiday. Okay. So, you like this. Ryan Holiday. Okay. It's the, it's the birthday of Steve Ryan. I love it. The I last, love it. Have you, I, I've had very little contact with Steve Ryan. All right. Yeah. Okay. It'll be really good to catch up with him then. Yeah. He was the last worker at, mm -hmm. at Alternate Realities. What a legacy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he went out with the ship yeah he, he went down with the ship <laughs> he did but so he was the final worker at the store and he and i worked together for for a good while and yeah. uh i we've had very little contact he moved away now he's kind of back in the area uh but i, I we've, we've texted now and and uh and so he's going to come on and for the august episode september labor day it's going to be the it took i feel bad it took 103 episodes but it's going to be the podcast debut of pete dwyer Oh, cool. All right. Pete, Pete is one of the, he's such a great guy. You know, um, I'm always happy to see Pete at the dinners. You know, we always have a great conversation. He's a good, he's a good guy. I, I would love to catch up with him myself. Yeah. I'm excited to have Pete. I mean, Pete is, a, you know, was a longtime customer of the store and came out to dinner and, you know, is, is very, you know, reserved and unassuming. And, yeah. but he's been there, like, he's been there all along yeah. And yeah. uh, what is there anything in particular that you would be curious to to hear from him during the episode? Anything that you think I should ask or bring up? Surprisingly, when I talk to Pete, it's always about, you know, we talk about his kids because I think his kids also went to Fordham. Uh, so there's always a connection there as well. Um, but, you know, I mean, with Pete, it's a lot of just like, you know, catching up, like, you know, the day to day stuff. Um, I think he's into a Batman. I know you've been doing yeah. a lot of like centric episodes on uh, people's interests for the longer Halloween. And I'm sure with Steve Ryan, you're going to be doing Captain America. And so, uh, or maybe Evil Dead. I don't know. He was a big Evil Dead guy. But, but Pete Dwyer, I think it was just Batman as far as I remember. But it's been so long. Yeah. So that'll be fun. I am looking forward to, oh, yeah. to having cool. him on. And then you'll be back in October for the finale of the longer Halloween. Awesome. I look forward to it. I really do. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Now, I had I had asked you this via text, but you don't have any uh, any plans, any travel plans in the in the near future, right? At, at the moment, not 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 at the moment. But uh, you'll probably see me sometime before the end of the year. I promise. Uh, I already I already promised Rich that I'm I'm driving to J New Jersey, and we're going to be hitting Fat Moose and uh, Zap Comics together. Very and nice. So maybe you want to come on that trip. 
It'll would be lo- fun. Yeah, that would be yeah. great. Yeah. I mean, uh, so this episode, I mean, we're recording this early June and it'll be out June 15th. So not, not a huge time in between. Uh, yeah. I mean, there hasn't been a, 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 an assembling of the AR crew since Rich Roney's birthday, February 2020, right before everything yeah, shut down. Yeah. Uh, I've been, I've been kind of toying with the idea of, of, uh, organizing maybe like an outdoor, an outdoor meetup, like somewhere where there's a food truck or something like that. You know, yeah, I, think, I think that could be fun. Has the climate in New York changed at all? I mean, in New Mexico now they're finally lifting the mask mandate for people who are vaccinated. And, uh, it's, it's, it's been interesting actually to get out again into the community. Um, is that not like, the, is that not the case in New York yet? No, I, mean, I haven't been keeping up. No, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty much been it. I mean, I will say, I mean, like, we're, like, we're not going into restaurants yet or anything like that, but the store, like, and we don't, I mean, really, for us, like, me and my wife, like, we really don't go in many places still, but um, place, like, we run into Starbucks. Like, people are still wearing the masks, even though, you know, they technically don't have to, and I, actually, I can't remember with Starbucks in particular. I feel like they were one of the ones who... Um, did relax the man because obviously some stores still do require it. Mm. But anyway, my point is generally speaking for the places we do go in or near, people are still pretty like pretty much masked. Yeah, from what I, we've I haven't seeing. taken off my mask yet. Yeah, for sure. I'm not ready yet. Yeah. So, uh, and obviously I've talked in prior installments of the longer Halloween about how seriously we've been taking this. So like even to do like an AR thing, it's like, I'm still a little, a little wary, but yeah, yeah it would be nice to see everybody. It's sad because it's like, not only don't we have the store, but it's like we don't even have the ability to, you know, to do those dinners and everything. Yeah. We're spread a little thin right now, but it's, you know, everybody is. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, yeah, it'd be great to see you before the year is out if possible. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun to do a comic shop a road trip or something like that. Yeah, I think it'd be great. And I'm serious. When you decide to go to Fat Moose and, and hang out for the day, uh, I'm ready to count comics, whatever you guys want to do. You know, I was... I was, you know, because, you know, Sean and I have been talking about that and this idea of me doing a ride along and actually like working at, at a shop. I was thinking about that. And it's so weird because for people who haven't done it, they're probably like, what the hell is with you guys? But yeah, like there is something to counting those, like to getting a stack of those yeah, comics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would do them in groups of three. What did you do? Oh, I would do two. Do two. Okay. All right. Yeah, I was due to it. Steve, I think, did twos, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, that I don't, I don't remember what he did. But yeah, there's something about, like, it would, I really, I miss that. Like, I would genuinely yeah. look, I would genu- genuinely be happy to get that stack of comics again and count them up. For sure. Yeah. It's a simple, a simple, uh, simple comic I, shop joy. <laughs> it's funny. You take it for granted and then it, you don't have it anymore. And it's like, it's all you want to do is count comics. Yeah. Well, Bill, thank you very much for being part of the 100th episode. I really appreciate you including me on this. Thank you, Anthony. Of course. Uh, Thank you to the rest of the guests for this episode. Thank you to everyone who uh, listened or watched. Keep tuning in uh, for the remainder of the longer Halloween and stay tuned for future editions of My Comic Shop History generally. Make sure you check out Digging for Kryptonite as well. My Comic Shop Country, available to watch on Amazon, Apple TV, and Curiosity Stream. So a lot of different options to watch. And most importantly, as always, don't be a flat squirrel. Even death won't stop me.